general nerdery. Gonna use my intro to talk about a thing I was reading about that has literally nothing to do with anything we will discuss this entire episode. But I was just reading about it. Apparently, with this new season launching, some people are just now realizing that the superheroes and the boys are not good people. <laughs> I was wondering if we were going to end up talking about this just because what I've been ingesting anyway was the boys? is the oh, boys. Apparently, yeah. I... Everything I said before this was lie. We will be talking about this twice. Hi, General Nerdery, Zach, Tyler, Stevens here. Hi. Okay, we've hey, got Steven. all this. But just the idea that people are like, the Homelander, man, it turns out he's not a good guy. <laughs> Did you watch season one? <laughs> Did you watch literally anything? Did you watch the episode funniest, one? The funniest part, it's not even Homelander. What really stirred this up, um, just because I do like go through the boys subreddit decently, whenever there's a new episode, just to mm-hmm. see what people are saying. Was there's a like super minor character in one of the subplots named Blue Hawk, who's just like a piece of shit, all racist, lives. If yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah racist, like over patrolling black neighborhoods, Yikes. super fucking violent. Um, all lives matter doubles down to fucking soups. Lives matter when pressed <sighs> and shit, and he gives a speech. I mean, it's not a speech. It's a fucking racist screed. No, it's not even a racist screed. Oh. It's he's forced to give like a like a public apology where it's obvious he's just like reading off a fucking piece of paper and shit. And he gets pressed and da 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 da. And it was during that where they realized like, oh, they're just making fun of him. And oh, it, it would have been fine if he wouldn't have said something at the end. I can't fucking remember or whatever. And you're like, no, it wouldn't have been fine. The whole point is this show has been making fun of you assholes the entire fucking time. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, I disagree with major premises of the boys, as we've talked about, but there's a reason it exists, and it's mostly about, like, corruption of power and yada, 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 that actually reading this has made me want to watch it more than I ever have before. I was thinking about this this weekend because I knew I was going to bring up that I've been ingesting it. Ultimately, I still feel like The Boys isn't for you. Oh, no. There's no way it is. <laughs> but like, but this also isn't Garth Ennis's Boys. This is as rewritten but, and reproduced like Eric Kripke, who did Supernatural for the first five seasons and then came back later on. See, and Supernatural S- wasn't for me either. But Speaking like, of that's ingesting, not... that's my ingesting for the week. <laughs> Supernatural? Really? I'm re-watching Supernatural, okay. um, and I'm literally on season five finale. That's Swan Song is my next episode, so, which... Oh, okay, before we go farther, I know I jumped over this, but just so I can actually have said it, so it will hurt my brain if I don't, welcome to General Nerdery, your podcast about liking (laughs) things. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. And that's Steven. Okay, back to Supernatural. (laughs) Oh, that's it, I'm just watching it. Just because it it popped in my brain. But that's the thing, it's like, watching the boys, I'm like, it's not for Zach, but it's like 500% more for you than you currently think it is. Yeah. The only Garth Ennis that I legitimately enjoy is Preacher, and I didn't finish it. Um, And that's another one where the show is better. Only because I couldn't get the next volume, and Mm. then by the time I finally found a copy, I just, it had been long enough that I was like, I don't remember. And I'm not going to back and reread it. And it was, yeah, I'd have to reread like eight volumes to get caught up. No, (laughs) I get that because I've read the first three volumes like eight times only because it took me so long to get volume four. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, But no, it is so much more for you than you think it is. But it's also ultimately at the end of the day, not for you. Yeah. 
that's fine. But there are things I think you would very much appreciate. Like this season had. I like some... Huey a lot. Like Huey's, Huey's very great. funny. I think you'd enjoy bits of Huey. Well, uh, I think even just some of the deep cut, like, like the shade they throw. I'm thinking like the beginning of this season, they had their version of the Snyder Cut get released, which oh, I can't Jesus remember. Christ. I can't remember <laughs> what the director's name was or whatever. Um, oh, now like a meme makes more sense to me that I saw. I don't remember what it was, but I remember being a like, lot of their marketing that I've tangentially seen this season has now makes a lot more sense. But the the bros that were backing the release the whatever cut is it's the cut of their the movie Dawn of the Seven that includes the Nazi. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Uh, and same way they're like. Whoa, when did politics enter the boys? Since the beginning. Since the beginning? <laughs> Probably the very first scene. I haven't seen the very first scene, but I'm willing to guess it just dropped in that way. And, well, and the creators and um, Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander, have been very vocal in interviews saying, oh, yeah, no, Homelander is based directly off of Donald Trump. Yeah, like, I watch his speeches and... <laughs> Damn, oh, he's so good. Speaking of which, have you seen him in uh, Banshee? I have not. I'm going to watch Banshee based solely on how strong of a performance he's giving as, as Homelander. He's amazing in it, and then also it is just such fucking fantastic, like, pulp noir storytelling. Anthony Starr might legitimately be the best actor on TV for what he's doing with Homelander. Oh, damn. Yeah, he's really fantastic. Like, there's a lot of reasons for you to watch uh, The Boys, but also, like, it's... Oof. <sighs> it's hard to recommend. <laughs> Reverse Thanos. Mmm. Yeah. It happened. I just, it's why you asked why I like Grendel. Like, I just have so much trouble with heavy shit anymore because I read the goddamn news. Yeah. Um, did you have anything else on Supernatural you want to, like, are you enjoying it? Or I, 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 I really am, actually. It's, um... Is this first time through? Have you done this before? Uh, first time through since it's completed. I okay. have watched it all through, and I've rewatched it multiple times before it, like, finished snaring. Mm, mm -hmm. So I've watched like the first season probably like fucking 10, 15 times or something. Um, but I've only seen like the final season once at this point. And it is a, a like the early first seasons. Very good. And also wild the amount of character growth that you get and that you have these guys be a lot less of douchebags by the end of it. Mm -hmm. um, well, those first, it was originally only supposed to be five seasons. Yes. So that's why those first five are just fantastic because... It tells a nice, complete story. And it's... And fun. then it continues. And then it kept going. <laughs> it just kept going. Um, which, then it's time to fight God's cousin Larry. Like, Which, like... It's a wild fucking ending. Um, and, the, like, I have so many questions about the development of it, of knowing where it goes, and uh, rewatching it now to be like, so there's Chuck, and I know what he's up to. Are you going to watch the prequel series when it comes out? I probably will. The Winchester. Um, I just watched the trailer for it. Um, uh, oh, I didn't even know that was out. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a trailer for it. It's. Oh, yeah. I had no idea it was out either. <laughs> um, uh, we should have talked about this nah, and watched it later, but it's, it's fine. Um, I'm curious to know, because it seems to retcon some stuff about the show. Oh, okay. Um, That's inevitable with anything that you do a prequel in. Like, exactly. There will be things that are like, oh, no, they didn't. Season five, episode seven. Although we this. could, it's not just though that they said this though, because there's been like legit, like timey wimey shenanigans and flashbacks where we've seen some of the things exactly. Before. Oh, okay, um, uh, exactly. Like 
it, it the premise being that um, for some reason Dean not Dean no Dean yeah Dean Dean is on the road hunting down his history of his parents as hunters okay and then that's like the B story slash main through line of the season I'm I'm presuming based on the trailer and then like the the rest of it is the story of Mary and um uh, I can uh, uh, John. And John um, Winchester, like becoming hunters, slash Mary, Mary, uh, Mary already being a hunter, and like basically bringing John into the world, uh, the world of hunting, which, by the sounds of it, definitely retcons it, because like, it's presumed at least from my watch through, he doesn't know about hunting or monsters until after she's dead in the first season. Right. That's what I thought. Too, it's been too long since I've yeah. watched it. We'll pause and watch the trailer before the the uh, we get to the trailer part. It really so. doesn't matter all that much, but like it's basically like they're learning to hunt, or he's learning to hunt. She's teaching him, and like I that, do know the actor who played Sam was real pissed that no one told him about it before it got leaked to the press. Well, it could be that you were a real dick to everybody on fucking set, from what I hear. Okay, I didn't. I. Didn't. I have kind of... It's one of those things that I've picked up stuff through osmosis because... He, uh, okay. Because so I'm I, a nerd. I don't know. Like, it's all it's all me picking up everything up from the internet, so I don't know any of this firsthand. This is all me. Mm-hmm. Definitely getting this. This is all conjecture. But, like, evidently he was not pleasant to work with in the final seasons. And subsequently, when people were working on a, a follow-up project, he was not included. In like, Plus he's doing Walker Texas like, <laughs> He's also doing he's, he's leading his own series. No, but at the same time, I can get not necessarily not even not being included, but like I worked on the show for 15 years. Fucking tell me you're gonna keep doing stuff. At it least. is real fucked that he did find out about it from evidently he found out about it when they started filming the pilot for the new series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's like how he learned well, that it was a thing. The other actor, I can't think of his name, but um, he's... Jensen Ackle and um, Jared, Jared Padalecki. Uh, but Jensen Ackles was like, yeah, I fucked up there. Like, I, people kind of ambushed me and I should have texted you first before I texted anyone else. Which also like, I was like, busy reading my script to be Soldier Boy in The Boys. Also, like, <laughs> confused good Red Hood. on continuity-wise, because how the series ends, how the fuck is Dean around? Because it, like, it, it, there's, there's, it ends with him dying. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna, yeah. spoiler alert for a series that ended, like, two years ago, but also, like, I'm not gonna get into the details of it, because it's pretty, pretty interesting seasons. ending, especially considering having to change due to COVID, but... Like, they set up him dying. Yeah. I mean, how many times has he died at that point? Exactly. So, who fucking knows? <laughs> He's been to hell and back. I literally. Have, I have thought about watching it some more, like, recently, because it's in some ways kind of like the last true Monster of the Week show. Mm-hmm. Which is what I'm loving um, about it and why I would say and, rewatch yeah, it. Yeah, and we've talked about it, that I fucking love the Monster of the Week format, even if the original, when I first tried the show, it didn't. Me. That's what sucked me into it the first time around, because I did watch those first five seasons fucking uh, religiously. And, I mean, I guess the only other one left is Doctor Who, and they keep talking about how they were going to revamp it, so we might lose the Monster of the Week format, and there's there's nothing else putting that out anymore. Yet. Yes. 
Please da, da, da. put that out again. I love that format. Um, mm-hmm. The new Star Trek series, Brave New World. I mean, it's not Monster of the Week, but it's Planet but it's, of the Week. It's Planet of the Week, and getting well, back into that. Lower kind Decks of... is kind of Planet of the Week. True. Uh, so some Star Trek is starting to do that again, and people are going, this is a breath of fresh air. We forgot that we liked single one-off episodes, and we didn't have to watch 14 hours of television. That's why I want them. That's why I love this, because it's just like, I can watch three episodes of Supernatural, or I can just watch one. And don't get me wrong, I also fucking love, you know, Star Trek Discovery, where I have to watch 14 hours of television. But it's nice. It's just... Both can exist. <laughs> now, I... Depending, I mean, Neil's very involved, so it's probably going to feel at least somewhat like the comics. Depending on how close the Sandman show falls, we might have episodes that feel like Monster of the Week, because that's how the comic was kind of set up. Yeah, Sandman could go... Really, either direction. Yeah, it's very Doctor Who-ish, where you can have like it's Sandman, neat. yeah, <laughs> Sandman light episodes that are still very Sandman. Mm-hmm. I really need to read Sandman. Yes, so do I. If it makes you feel better, I've only read oh. the first like fifteen issues. Oh, thank God, Zach, you just made my heart so much. <laughs> like, like you just took a weight off my heart in a way that I can't describe. That I'm, like, the only giant comic nerd who hasn't read Sandman, like, four times. Or at least had the balls to tell me that you did <laughs> No, it's the one weird gap in my, like, readings. I've read it a couple of times. I've always been like, this is pretty good. And then I just don't. There's sometimes that there's just some, like, this is very good. My wife has read the whole thing. She doesn't read comic books. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I also need to remember what... Because I was buying her a copy every, like, <laughs> birthday and Christmas of, like, oh. the next volume. And I can't remember where uh, I ended no. off. And so I keep being like, what the fuck do I buy her for? I mean, I'm, I also, I'm pretty good about gifts. Like, I, I mm-hmm. if anything, over-gift. But I'm always like, fuck yeah, I'll pick her up the next one. Because it's right there in front of me at Book Exchange. Were you getting her the older the ones or the recolors? <sighs> Whatever was available. Mm. Um, usually I was buying them from Book Exchange or local used yeah. bookstore. I did buy her Sandman Overture, which was the series he did with Overtures. J. Williams III a couple years back. Brilliant. I fucking love Overture. Um, haven't read it because I haven't read the rest of Sandman, but I flipped through it, and J. H. Williams III does things with panel work that no one else does. And this is literally the only place where I can be like, oh my god, his skill with paneling is just unmatched in the comic book industry. <laughs> like, but, I mean, it's like when we were talking about Grendel last time. There are certain ways that you can tell a story using panels that that no one else does. Yeah, absolutely. On that note, real fast, dive into being sad for a moment. Because we're talking about Grendel and amazing panel work, uh, artist Tim Sale died last... Yeah. A couple of days ago. We still don't know why, but it's none of my business either. Uh, just an illness. Uh, author of... Not author. Artist of... God, let's see if I can do this. His big name stuff. Batman Long Halloween. Batman Dark History. Catwoman. When in Rome. Superman of All Seasons. Spider-Man Blue. Daredevil Yellow. Hulk Gray. Uh, Captain America White. All of the paintings on the Heroes TV show. And uh, oh, a major dumb. artist on Grendel. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah Dude is was, fucking incredible. This was a rough one. If there was like one Batman story I would ever recommend people to read, it's, it's probably Long be Halloween. Long Halloween. Damn. And also, 
Batman, I mean, not Batman, a Superman for all seasons is my top three Superman stories. He's, yeah, yeah, easily. Um, and also, that he sucks. is responsible for my favorite one-shot Batman story called Blades with author Jim Robinson, who did that Earth 2 series we read when you were on Noob Island oh, with yeah. us. Uh, about a guy called the Cavalier who decides he's going to become a superhero. And Batman is reminded of Zorro, which is like a huge part of Batman thing. So he's like, sure, I'll give you a shot. But this guy, one thing goes wrong, and he ends up basically becoming a villain. Because uh, it's like, oh god, his girlfriend like got in with the mob, and he's got to help get her out. And he ends up falling and falling and falling until he's like, killed people and stolen shit and found out that he liked it. Mm. And so at the end of the day, he challenges Batman to like a duel, except Batman's, you know, already been stabbed once. So it's like a super unfair duel. And it for him, (laughs) no, he, he beats Batman in a sword duel. And then the cops shoot him to death because he like suicides by cops. Mm. Um, And I'm not making this sound like a great story, but it is a just wildly good single-issue Batman story that Batman is mostly not a part of. Sounds intense. It's very intense. Dang. But, I mean, like, Frank Miller created Batman Year One. Tim Sale took that era and gave it a visual imagery that everyone else has been mimicking ever since. Mm-hmm. Like, and David Mazzalucci deserves a lot of credit for Year One as the artist, but I see more Tim Sale out of it than I do Mazzalucci most of the time. No idea if I'm pronouncing that last name correctly. <laughs> I'd say you're in the ballpark. <laughs> uh, did that Asterius Polyp book that I lent you that you never finished? Um, <laughs> I'm going to finish that. Three years ago. <laughs> that honestly, was we're coming up on like year two, I think now. <laughs> I, and it, I see it every goddamn day. It's in my living room. Yeah, no, I've got to just either finish it or give it back. My a friend of mine lent me some Mirka Art and Dolfo books. Who's this Italian comic artist that's really taken off that plays that line really well of like really good stories, but also really likes drawing tits. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. And she does. Wow, both that fits very in well. with this episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, and like I put the book next to my bed. So I know to fucking read it. <laughs> and I've read everything else around the book and not this one. She keeps being like, it's okay, Zach. I'm like, it's been over a year. It's not. <laughs> and I keep coming up with other books I want to borrow from <laughs> right? you. And I, and I was like, I can't until I finish this book. Also, she works at the comic book store. So she knows <laughs> that I'm buying other books <laughs> and just not reading the one she lent me. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Because oh. I'll go to the comic book store being like, I want to visit my friend Kentra. And I'll just pick up this while I'm here. And (laughs) And maybe this. Don't get me wrong. I honestly do want to go see her. But also, (laughs) I wanted Batman and the Adventure Continued Season 2. I mean... uh, Mine... I just picked up a just fucking giant book because I picked up a hardcover omnibus, which means it's like 40 issues of a comic book in a single... It's, you know, like three inches thick of uh, the Justice League International run, the second half of it. Oh, okay. And Justice League International is in my top two Justice League runs of all time. And I've never finished it because it's just a pain in the half to get that second half of the book. So I've been rereading the first half. And um, 
you might know what JLI is. I highly doubt that you know it, Stephen. It is what's been known as the Bwahaha era. Bwahaha. Uh, because they showed that a lot. And what it was is it's the funny Justice League book. In some ways, it's kind of like The Office, but Justice League. That's excellent. It's almost a workplace comedy. And what was happening was this new Justice League book was being launched right after... It was like two years after Crisis on Infinite Earths, right after another big crossover uh, that was fine. But And they're like, we're going to form a new Justice League. And he's like, great. The editor's like, great. Who's on the team? And they're like, you'll find out at the end of this crossover. And he's like, I kind of need to know. Um, and they weren't allowed Superman. They weren't allowed Wonder Woman. Batman was very kindly allowed. And literally, that's how the editor describes it. Like, the Bat office took pity on him and went... Yeah, you can use Batman. We're going to let you use Batman for just... I mean, through most of it, but like... This once. Hal, uh, the Flash was unavailable. Hal Jordan was unavailable, but he was given the Guy Gardner Green Lantern instead, which honestly was a like founding aspect of this book. But when they went, oh shit, we don't... We can't really like plan stuff around their power sets or whatever because we're not 100% sure who we have. Mm -hmm. We're just going to base it off of their personalities a lot more. And it kind of became the workplace comedy Justice League. And it gets written off as the Bwahaha funny era, because it is, and no other Justice League era has ever really tried to be funny before. But um, it's also incredibly dark at points and keeps crossing over with stuff like the Suicide Squad. Mm. Effectively. You're like, oh, shit, okay, that's not what you think of. But it's where the Blue Beetle and Booster Gold become friends for the first time, and they have become, like, in the inseparable duo of characters. Uh, the original team is Batman, Martian Manhunter, Black Canary, the Guy Gardner Green Lantern, Booster Gold, Captain Marvel, Doctor Fate, and Mr. Miracle. Okay. And then, like, people come and go, but... Uh, Dr. Light, the the Kamio Hoshi version, not the, like, super creepy super villain. I've definitely seen some cover art for this book uh, series. Yeah, there's a lot of very famous cover... Oh, Booster Gold joined shortly after Rocket Red joins. Very famous cover art of a bunch of them all, like, grouped together, and usually someone, like, arms... It's Guy Gardner, the front arms crossed, like, and they're all kind of looking up at the camera. Uh, it, it's just such a good run, and it was one of the... First times I think DC ever really successfully looked at the characters and got much more of a, like, I don't want to say Marvel-style book, but much more into the inner personal reactions of their teammates as opposed to, like, and now they're going to fight Starro, which is also still fucking cool. I mean, just go watch the Suicide Squad to see how cool it is when someone fights Starro. But... It was dope. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it, it was dope. <laughs> we did a whole episode on how it dope recently. it was. It's pretty fucking dope. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we should do Peacemaker season soon uh, or episode soon. Because um, it was amazing. Oh god, it's so good, and I want to watch it again. Yeah, it's just this series is, and I I forget how good it is. I always know it's good, but I do the same thing that I was just talking about. And I'm like, it's the funny one. I'm like, oh man, I've got heavy duty feelings going on in this. Dr. Light lasts about 10 seconds on the league, but that's okay. Or no, not Dr. Light. Dr. Fate. Mm-hmm. Fate's not a great team guy. 
No. It doesn't work well with others. Except for the Justice Society, because they mostly are like, whatever, dude. Speaking of which, we watched some trailers. Yep. Uh, the first one of being Black Adam. Which is pretty much, we wanted to make a Justice Society movie, but we thought that The Rock would sell this better. I don't, this trailer was a lot more rock than the previous teaser was. Very yeah, much so. I'm reminding myself that the others are in there, so I care. I feel like this is the only way this just, uh, Justice Society movie would get made at this yeah. point. Is we're going to have to slip it into another one. And The Rock has been trying so hard for so long Almost to get Almost as long movie. as Ryan Reynolds tried to make Deadpool. Like He like, wanted to make Black Adam... Well before the Shazam movie was made. Mm -hmm. It looks dope. I'm more into it than I was before. It looks fun. Yeah. yeah I mean, it looks fun. It doesn't look fun fun because, like, Black Adam looks like a giant douchebag. But, I mean, that's also Black Adam. So I will say Hawkman being like, heroes don't kill. I'm like, you hit people in the <laughs> face with a giant mace. Like, you are. <laughs> doesn't kill people. Yeah. Hawkman has killed Leaves a lot of people. Permanently <laughs> changed. Like we talk about there's the like ongoing Batman gag of like the damage Batman does to people. I'm like, but he's not dead. Hawkman's like, here's my Egyptian axe. And it turns out that these like Oh boy. Uh, I'm trying to think of what they're called, and I'm the only one that would know this of the three of us, but it's the the Egyptian sword that, like, goes straight and then curves for a minute. Oh, the, um, um... Oh, I only... I only Kopesh. Yeah, Kopesh. I have wanted one of those for Wacky Bats Oh, yeah. For I years. love Kopeshes. They're dope. They'd be completely how, useless, how but they... How would you they'd... make that? I will pay a company that has finally figured out how to do it <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> like I've I've made it very clear to Mike at Forged Foam that I will give him a lot of money if he makes decent copeshes because <laughs> um, I want a set. Uh, uh, I think the way to do it is there is a liquid fiberglass you can get, and if you can set it right, you can like pour it into a mold. Mm. At least that's the way that I've heard before. But if you don't do it right, it snaps really easily. Okay, and I'm okay. gonna hit someone. Really goddamn hard with those. Being like, ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <Finally>. <laughs> Taste my wrath! Anyways, um, uh, Adam Smasher looks sick. I'm usually mm. not a big fan of the, like, here's the light-up parts on the costume. I that just, one actually looks really nice. It can look really cool. It does look really cool in this. It does sometimes get too complicated, but when Adam is in your name, like, I'm just automatically more willing to accept glowy bits because I no, grew up true. reading Silver Age comic books. And, um... And it, I liked that it felt, like, kind of like a Silver Age 60s, like, throwback retro sci-fi feel. More and it so... did it overcomplicate the costume. Yes. Uh, also, Hawkman's fucking wings looked bitchin'. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> the wings looked dope. I need about 5,000% more Pierce Brosnan. Yes, please. Yeah, if this could just be a Doctor Fate movie featuring the JSA, I'd be way more in than Black Adam featuring the JSA. Oh, dude, featuring the JSA and Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam. I'd wick it in for just a solo Doctor Fate movie. I do have this th thing. Yeah, yeah. When we did, you were on our Doctor Fate episode over on another show, and you really like you liked Doctor Fate a lot. <laughs> I like the concept. His mask is so cool. His the helmet. His costume is, like, is mm -hmm. fucking fire. Every version of it. Every version. Mm -hmm. Um, I also liked the there were some concepts there that are wildly interesting to me. Like the idea of having two hosts needing, mm -hmm. and splitting between two people. Yeah, they're probably not going to um, do that, but I wish they would. And like 
the 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 whole idea of he is a Lord of Order. Thank you. I was, trying to, I was struggling <laughs> to find the, the, the term for it, but um, uh, versus these uh, Egyptian douchebag wizard. Yeah. Um, and I really like it, and so I'm Both? very much here for Pierce Brosnan because <laughs> Pierce Brosnan also fucking slaps. He's yeah. always great. And he got kind of unfairly written off for a while because his last like three James Bond movies sucked. Yeah, Goldfinger was fun, but not great. Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Goldfinger was the other one. Die another day. Tomorrow never dies, and the world's not enough. Mm-hmm. Oof. I remember seeing all three of those in the theater. I don't know if I have the order right there, but the stealth boat was the first James Bond movie I ever saw. So I have like deep affection plus the Asian lady. I'm sorry. I haven't watched this movie in like 25 years. Oh, probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, plus we know you're terrible with names. Anyway. So I don't just want to write it off as the Asian lady, but I don't. Yeah. No idea. I couldn't even tell you because it's been so long since I watched it too. So. Was wicked attractive. And definitely one of those, like, I hadn't hit puberty yet, but I was starting to get some of that and being like, interesting. (laughs) But I don't get anybody dunking on any of those movies, because if you have, like, have you seen any of the other fucking James Bond movies? They are weird as shit. Um, I think... There are some ones that are a little more serious. I think his last one is the worst James Bond movie ever made. Is that the one where there's a full-on just like... Face technology and like a fucking helicarrier or something like that? Thank you for the face technology term. That's exactly what I was talking about, where a a, a dude basically becomes a British man? Like an Asian guy becomes a British guy? I don't remember them well enough. Like that's That's the whole thing, is that like he had facial reconstruction, so now he just looks like a... it's the one that like Storm a... from the X-Men was in. And again, I'm just giving up on names today. Um, Halle Berry? Thank you. Um, uh, yes, that I is run a podcast where I educate people, and I literally know two names in this room, and mine might be one of them. And then <laughs> there is also the one where Denise Richards is a fucking nuclear... Oh, fucking Denise scientist? Richards as Christmas Jones? <laughs> oh, Christmas Jones. Jesus. I just remember that one had a... Guy with a big scar on his face who could feel no pain, like as like <laughs> the Jaws villain. And the main reason I remember that is a girl I knew in high school was telling me about her college boyfriend who had a scar on his face and could feel no pain on the left side of his body. And I'm like, you're straight up dating a Bond villain. <laughs> <laughs> like you are 100% terrifyingly like run from this man. Um, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Prey trailer. Ooh. I'm wildly excited for this movie, and I didn't know I was going to be excited for this movie. I am more into this movie than any... I'm going to say this about our next one, too, but any Predator movie I've ever watched, I don't... And this is the comic book or the nerd heresy for me. I don't think the first Predator is very good. I'm not a huge fan of it. It's... I'm not a huge Arnold guy. I'm not a huge, like, 80s action bro guy. The first first one's genius. Actually, no. I have a weird relationship with Predator where I just I like, like his... I like more. I like his gadgets more than anything, which actually made the last movie, Predator... What was the last one? Predator. It was just Predator? I oh, loved that Predator. one. Oh, no. Wasn't Predator. it Predators? No, Predators was the, the Bob Rod produced one with Didn't Adrian Brody. Yeah, okay, that's one where they get, like, sent to, like, a hunting reserve and yeah. it's a bunch of killers. Yeah. And so, that's got Ken Watsonobi in it, too. Yeah. And Toby, uh, Toby McGuire. And then the one after had so. Psylocke from the X-Men. Olivia Munn. 
Yeah, it, the one it, after it was supposed to be terrible, Ooh. but it looked like it was a lot of fun. It had uh, Thomas Jane in it, and... and they get a real good fucking kill. Yeah, um, uh, there it, there's some really good parts, but there's a lot of fucking bad parts. There's some really shitty fucking sh- talk about autism and like yeah, and really really bad laxadaisical like uh, yeah, it's bad. However, that's also one of my favorites because it's mostly about all the Predator tech, which is what I'm, like, yeah. super all about. And it's very cool, the tech you, you see. And you get to see inside the ship more so than you mm-hmm. ever have before. Um, uh, but the, Anyway, this Prey. one, Prey, looks yeah. fuck it. I think it's going to be my favorite because well, it looks amazing. One, yes, 100%. Two, um, I am definitely in for just any Predator movie in a period piece. Just like period piece predator movies fucking let me see the predator up against some aztec warriors let me see predator up against some fucking just english settlers or uh, fucking samurai or vikings just because we already talked about the kopesh ancient egypt yeah ancient um, egypt. yeah uh honestly my only critique of this one is a very small thing that woman who's hunting a bear just takes like a random pot shot and is surprised that the bear was like just kind of pissed yeah. You don't hunt a bear from the ground if you can help it, from what I understand. And, like, you... Maybe not be surprised when that one arrow didn't take out that grizzly. That you hit in the shoulder. It wasn't even a good shot. I'm yeah. sorry. I spent just enough time around hunting people to not, know, like, to get myself in trouble if I try and talk about hunting, but also know when something is bad. Uh, I, I don't know anything about hunting, and I'll agree, yeah, that, yeah. You... <laughs> it was like, that... Why are you surprised here? <laughs> it felt like she was definitely like, this is what I can do in this situation. Yeah, it might be a case of like, she turns around and there's a pissed off bear and she goes, oh God, <laughs> which that would I would understand a little more. It does look interesting. I like that it looks, I think at least, you know, for my white boy, not great understanding of native culture, looks respectful of native cultures. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what time it is off the top of my head, and it did not tell me in the trailer. Um, I believe Comanche. Cool. And I believe... God, maybe I should look that up real quick. Uh, It's going to have an option for a Comanche language dub. See, that's really awesome. That's super awesome. I might try and watch it with that dub. Yes, Comanche. Cool. Yeah, I think I'm going to watch it in Comanche with English subtitles. Like, fucking, why not? Yeah. Just because it's an option. I'll try, but we were talking about earlier uh, in regards to this current episode that we're going to do today. uh, I have trouble with subtitles, personally. Uh, Due to some ADHD, I I can't focus on things if I need to focus on things. Uh, Directed by Dan Trachtenberg, who uh used to host the podcast Totally Rad Show, Geek Drome, and Control Alt Chicken. Don't know what that is. I know and directed uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, plus Portal No Escape, which was a short movie, and a Black Mirror episode entitled Playtest. I know both of those. That's how and I know this guy. just to tie everything in, because I was like, no, this won't tie into anything else we talk about. Apparently fucking everything will. He directed the premiere episode of The Boys. Oh. Oh, shit. Okay. Poor Huey. <laughs> He's directing a TV series adaptation of Waterworld. Yeah, Because I guess we've decided Waterworld is a thing to return to. Guess who's always loved Waterworld? <laughs> this guy. Okay, is Waterworld the one with the random, like, rock star in it that has just, like, a cameo role? Or is that a different uh, post-apocalyptic movie with uh, that guy? I think that's a different... I think you might be thinking of The Postman? I think I might be thinking of The Postman. Okay, see, 
Waterworld, I can see, like, why people like it and all that. The Postman deserves to be mocked for all of eternity. Now, uh, Waterworld does have a quick early career Jack Black appearance, though. Okay, <laughs> that might be why I would conflate the two. Also, the only the only thing the Postman has going for it, that is that I would have presumed the Postal Service would be what would bring society out of the wreckage after a post-apocalyptic, uh, you know, ruins. Yeah. Um, oh, I agree. The post any, is important. Of any uh, governmental agency, I would put my backing on the on the post office to recover that. So, There's see, a Water- great Discworld book I should get you to read. Waterworld actually ruined The Guardian for me because when I watched that later on in high school, it was bullshit that Kevin Costner was able to die at the end of that movie because I know that he has gills. <laughs> God damn it, man. <laughs> uh, there's different issues with that, and that, like, how the fuck does he have gills? I think the real problem with Waterworld was it was the most expensive film ever made. Like, if it hadn't cost God knows how much money, people would have been like, yeah, this was pretty good, but... And we're like, oh, dear God. <laughs> this better make us so much money, and it just made them money. No, I want to watch Waterworld. Um, <laughs> I mean, we can do an episode again. I will do an episode about a lot of stupid stuff. Um, I'd listen to it. No. Really? <laughs> nope. Nope. Since you were suddenly surprised by how intrigued you were by the trailer. Intrigued? I don't know if I am going to pursue this movie in the same way that I didn't watch Get Out or what was the other one he did? Us. Us. I've heard both are really good. I am super glad that these movies are being made. You should you I I don't you should have one million percent watch Get Out. Mm-hmm. Us is way more subjective, but Get Out is maybe one of the most important movies made of the past two decades. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing, and I know I should really watch it. It uh, will be it, in history books. I'm, like when talking about film and like horror specifically, it I think it will be a like a benchmark. And that's why I'm saying I'm so glad that it exists. Uh, just to make this clear, and if this is somehow the first episode of this podcast you've ever listened to, I just don't like horror. So I don't watch these movies. And I wouldn't even call it necessarily horror, too. Like, that's that's the thing is that... I, I would call Get it Out is a lot more... Terror. And yeah. And that's not really my... And like or Twilight Zone either. slash Outer Limitsy as compared to mm-hmm. this one looks. I mean, I have to feel for him any movie he makes after Get Out because, like, on one hand, he can make pretty much whatever he wants for the rest of his life, but the other, it will be eternally compared to his. That's that was his first directing, like movie directing, right? Uh, did he direct Keanu before that? I don't remember. Uh, maybe. Maybe one of his earlier films, yeah. if nothing else. If I mean, not, he had done like a bunch of, of comedy first. before this, but this was where he's like, I'm yeah. doing horror now. Yeah, for sure. Like his first foray into a more serious, more mm-hmm. non comedic film. I can do stuff that's not just sketch comedy. Exactly. By the way, I'm not going back. Just um, as a reminder, oh, I can also fucking slam dunk this shit too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, nope. No, nope. it looks great. Uh, oh, yeah, it looks really good. It um, looks. I had only seen the Super Bowl trailer. Yeah. Um, I'd never even heard of this before this, to be honest with you. Um, so. Uh, and so seeing this new trailer, I almost want to recommend not watching it because I kind of almost would love to go into it completely blind. So the, the, big, the big detail we see a number of times in this trailer apparently appeared in the original 
Comic-Con trailer that they showed and asked people not to mention. Which is why I almost want to, like... I, I'm very in. Having seen the trailer, I don't think it deters me from wanting to see it more. I personally almost would love to see the movie not knowing anything more about it. We're going to pull one of those if you don't want to be spoiled. Skip ahead, like, two or three minutes. You're not going to miss anything too much. Or, or you will, but... That's the point. Um, I'm assuming this is the UFO. Yes. Yes. Okay. Like the flying saucer part of it. Mm-hmm. It's alluded to, like, in the other trailer, that there's something just in up the sky. there in the sky, but it's very much, it could be... I was surprised how straight up anything. they showed us. Oh, the... very. Just like, that's a straight up flying saucer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if what's in there, it could be anything. It could be a government fucking built thing, for all I know. It could be a fucking yeah. aliens. It could be... Don't tell us, honestly. And, but... Whatever. Um... So, oh, no, he's going to tell us what's in there because it's going to be part of whatever metaphor he's... Fair. So I'm making. very interested to see that. As someone who has been getting more into, again, I, I say other things, but it's mostly the last podcast on the left. I've been getting more into, like, UFO stuff and cryptid and stuff. I am more interested in this than I would have been even just a year ago, mm-hmm. um, which is part of the reason. And also just the, the interaction between... Uh, from what I gathered, the two main characters who I think are a brother and sister. Yeah. I think I heard her say my brother is out there. Yeah, so here's the put. The other two trailers, three trailers or whatever that came before this highlighted them a lot more. Mm-hmm. So who they are and where they're at, where if you had seen the other trailers, is their family. So have you ever seen that? It's like the first film reel uh, and it's like the black jockey on the horse. Yes. And it's like two seconds or whatever of just riding. Um, that's supposed to be like their great great grandpa or something. Okay. And so they were part of the very first like like film. Like their their family's been in Hollywood history. So they're trying to reestablish this horse ranch within like we Hollywood. Have this long yeah. pedigree. Mm-hmm. That explains several aspects of this that I wouldn't have gotten. I just, you know, I'm just excited to see like black horse riders like professional horse riders because there's actually a really long history of that dating back to at least Victorian England also the whole wild west had a huge black population that we don't talk about as well as Mexican American yes Mm -hmm. Spanish American yeah it turns out most of them weren't white boy John Wayne (laughs) also my phone keeps beeping I cannot figure out how to turn it off I've been trying for three days now I do apologize if you hear that noise um, I figured out how to turn my uh, vibrate on it uh, went off earlier so it's all good we all make mistakes <laughs> technology sucks sometimes my phone hasn't made a noise in like five years now I had to reinstall <laughs> messenger because it got like warped or something mm. like something got corrupted and fucking thing won't turn <laughs> I have turned off every like do you want noise I'm like I sure don't <laughs> Is that it for uh, trailers? Uh, Did we watch anything else? No, we just watched the three. Unless we have anything else on note, because we just instead talked about my phone. Uh, but No, we only uh, the only other trailer we It looks funnier than I expected. Else. That was the only Didn't thing. Watch. Like, it looks oh, like yeah, yeah. those two had a really good rapport. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, Daniel Kaluuya has been fucking incredible across the board and everything he's been <laughs> the in. The only so. thing I've seen him in is, like, the douchebag in Black Panther. So, um... <laughs> That's what, as soon as I said his name, I'm like, there's one place Zach knows him from. <laughs> I'm always in for Steven Yun, though. Yes. He's always great. Um, I still have not seen his movie Minari, and I really need to track that down. I 
great. I keep hearing it's great. Um, yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, let's take a quick break, and then it's time to talk about the horny food anime. Horny food anime, go! <laughs> Woo! Fuck y'all for getting me into this shit. <laughs> I fucking lost sleep these past two weeks going to bed being like, but I, I gotta hold off. I, I need it fresh in my mind. I gotta watch more of it later <laughs> instead of right now. Also, ooh, what would my specialty be? <laughs> oh my god. Um, so... Tex-Mex. My specialty would be Tex-Mex. Oh god. Um, yeah, I make a bomb-ass nachos. Um... You know what? Actually, now I'm curious. Before we go into this show, what's the thing you make best? What's the thing you cook best, do you think? Ooh, the Ooh. best thing I make is... Because, like, I have to stop making it so often because I'm it's my lazy food, but I make some of the best nachos I've ever had. Best? Oh, shit. Oh, my pork up a beal. I don't even know what that is. That sounds amazing. It's a slow-roasted pork uh, dish. Nice. Marinated pork. Actually, it's... Did you ever see Once Upon a Time in Mexico? I don't think so. Is well, that in the Desperado series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the third one I with Johnny Depp and Enrique Iglesias. And oh, I might have seen that. I've only seen it, it like 14 times in one month. And Willem Dafoe. Uh, what a cast. <laughs> yeah, great cast. It was it was on Stars, and I, we had Stars at that point, so I think I've seen it, but I, it's been a long time. So it's when whenever Johnny Depp's CIA operative character goes into a cafe to meet with his... Like agent, he always orders Parkopabile, and so then in the bonus features on the DVD, Robert Rodriguez showed his Parkopabile recipe. Which now, if you search for Parkopabile recipe online, that's pretty much the only one you find. Oh, that's kind of a bummer. I mean, that's cool, but kind of a bummer at the same time. But that's also what I adapted mine from. Like, it's not that much different. I do a little bit, couple things different, and always hand grind my own spices for it. But. Conflicting the feelings about Johnny Depp aside, that really is a hell of a cast. Anyways, um... I don't know what my best dish is. I cook too many different things. I that's probably, fair. I, I really, really enjoy cooking, so... Yeah, you're I, a much more active cook than either Tyler I, I or I. I cook a lot of different like, random things. Um, like I can um, also make some dope burgers. My, my best lazy meal that I make frequently, I'd say, is probably like a... As lazy as it sounds, is an egg sandwich. Mm. Uh, but the first thing that comes to mind for like the the last thing I can remember making and it like was like I impressed myself with it. I was like <laughs> I can't find anything I could do to elevate this to the next level of deliciousness. Was a shrimp coconut curry, a Vietnamese Ooh. style uh, shrimp Ooh. coconut curry. When I had just started dating my wife, like obviously still girlfriend status, we were cooking one day and she was making calamari and I was so excited and she apparently fucked it up and I still to this day insist it would have been delicious and she still to this day goes, no. And I turned around like to prep something and I like turned around again and the calamari was gone and I was like, what, what happened to the, what? Where's the calamari? And she's like, I threw it away. I fucked it up. And I turn around and all of the calamari that looked great, by the way, is just on the top of the trash can. I almost cried. Like, I was so, I'm like, curious I would have che- eaten it still. How? How did I she don't fuck know. it up? She just told me that she fucked it up and mm. it was bad. I don't, to this day, don't know what happened. Uh, I couldn't tell you either. Cooking, I wasn't there. Obviously <laughs> not. Uh, that was before we met, calamari, Tyler. So. Um... I don't know. If it's anything like any other like seafood, it might have just been like, it it was like 
too far gone that like anything more would have been it's gone kind of situation i don't yeah uh like with certain seafood it's basically you're literally just adding it at the very end and the the residual heat is cooking it off so if it's it might have been like too cooked at that point that it was perfect there but like now it's rubber else it's rubber so i still would have eaten it i wanted calamari so this actually kind of ties to what you were of how dare you Possibly my favorite thing of this watch through was watching Cece slowly get sucked into this fucking series. It didn't even take that long for me. I, I can't pin down a moment, but it was pretty early on. There was things endearing me in the first episode that I was not expecting, especially because that first episode is fucking awkward. It but. is uh, uh, so uncomfortable. Um, but it sold me. I was in like Flynn on the on episode one. Yes, I remember but it is watching- also like objectively the worst episode of the series. It at least of what we've seen so far. I, I was... Uh, it honestly, all I could think was like, I wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bro. <laughs> um, so this brings me to an interesting question. But uh, who's your least favorite character? Before we dive into that, actually, I just want to cover this real fast. What this is. Oh, yeah, let's do that. But actually, even before that, although we will cover that. Um, <laughs> so I have read the whole manga several times now, except for the final arc, which I only read once because it's yeah, but... It's not bad, it's just not as good. You'd never seen any of this before, Tyler, before, Correct. so you had no experience other than me being like, God damn it, why do I like this so much? Well, and now I realize um, I've, like, seen some of the characters in mm-hmm. places, just because, you know, nerd the culture internet. online. Yeah. You, Stephen, have watched the show entirely? I don't know if you finished I've it. I've not finished the series, oh, actually. Okay. I've only seen the first two and a half seasons. I've watched the first two seasons, like, ten times. And you read somewhere between five to ten volumes of the manga because you, you were you let me like the first for a while. two. Oh, I thought you got farther than that. I okay. think I only borrowed the four, first two because then I got sidetracked reading Astro Pulp, <laughs> <laughs> um, and still have not finished that. So I will still maintain I think the manga is better because the pacing is a little better because they don't take the like. I mean, they'll give you a full page spread of those boobs bouncing. But it's a full-page spread, not like a 20-second drop yeah, on me. me. The very um, much time of, of seeing this show animated versus reading the manga. There's a wild difference in what your brain can <laughs> come up with with versus with like explicitly fucking 20 seconds of just mm-hmm. fan service. See, I'm not sure. I mean, the fan service was extreme, but moments like that with, with the b- bouncing boobs, I almost think I would like the manga version less because I was all about how absurd everything oh, was that was going on. It's still very absurd. Yes. Um, and that just added it for me because if it was like if it was like a two second boob job I was like okay so that's just fan service but when it's going on for 20 seconds at a certain part it's like alright alright when's it going to stop? Um, alright. No CC would like, see me reading and being like oh reading porn again? Um <laughs> worry that I make her sound like a shrew sometimes on this show. <laughs> no, it's just that you read some horny stuff and it's fun to dunk on you. <laughs> oh, she loves to dunk on me. That, my wife makes fun of me more than everyone else combined. Um, and that sounds like a very good thing in God, my I opinion. Love her. Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay, so, a real quick on this, what this show is. It comes from two different things, and I think the artist came up with the original concept. I don't remember if it's the writer or the artist, but they specifically picked the other. They had the idea of one, 
that you could adapt cooking into a shonen anime, so like an action like Naruto, One Piece, Bleach, Dragon Ball Z, whatever, into that format very effectively, and they drew a picture of just like a woman basically having an orgasm, and they're like, this would be a really good way to express the the joy of Cooking. eating food, of yeah. like tasting good food. Yeah, there's a very tangible, sensual feeling to eating delicious food, and they dial that up to 11 in certain aspects, but also like at certain other points, it feels less horny and more of a like sensual, spiritual element to it. We're going to run through the bit of the series, not episode by episode because it's 24, but like a rough run through of the, the first overarching art. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk about in it, that it's, I should stop calling it the horny cooking anime. I'm not gonna, but like. No, because be- it is. Because it is that, but it's, that's not really what it's about at the end of the day. It is really much more about like, rep- and it's when it gets much better to me when it becomes more like, sure, here's tits, but also here's a, opera singer in a duck costume like wooing you while there's tits. And that scene somehow makes sense when you're watching the show. But like the more it becomes like about the moment of the food as opposed to just I came or like I'm pouring honey over this naked woman. And that's what this food feels like. Very (laughs) much not a like it becomes progressively more and more less about that over-sexualized fan service element of it and more of that's just a thing that we have sprinkled in. Which is funny because I think it's just that we get used to it because it doesn't really tone it down. I mean, I said the fantasies become more complex, but like, yeah. But the quick run over of the show, and I'm going to try to keep this to like 20, 30 seconds and correct me if I miss stuff. This kid, Yukahara, is the son of a uh, chef of a small local eatery. Super fucking talented chef. He either makes really amazing things or really disgusting things, but when it's disgusting, it's on purpose. Yeah, he's exploring Um, flavors in mm -hmm. that situation. His father sends him kind of worrying that he's going to get, like, stuck, like he won't become as good as he wants to be if he just keeps at this local restaurant forever, to the world's worst cooking school. And by that, I mean, like, the world's greatest cooking school but everything about Tokatsu makes me angry from an actual, like, education and work-life balance world. Oh, I'm glad you're saying that, because oh, the same here. we will talk about how much I hate cooking Hogwarts. I got Hogwarts. lots of questions. Um, Why the fuck are you letting the kids have more authority than the goddamn <laughs> fucking staff? If everything about that school is a nightmare. Like, I keep calling it cooking Hogwarts, but it actually makes Dumbledore look like a good professor. Yeah, he seems logical or reasonable. <laughs> I understand they're going for something very, very, very specific, but... Anywhere that boasts of low passing rates, I immediately fucking hate. No, it's actually actively like you're just bad at your job. Yes. But uh, get sent to this wild cooking school where he immediately makes enemies because uh, he's kind of a giant douchebag as you don't like him, Stephen. I actually really like him. He's my second favorite, second least favorite character uh, in that like on this rewatch, I realized I love literally every other character more. I would watch a series of every other character more than Soma. I think he worked. I think part of the reason the series works is he's a very good shonen anime hero. And a lot of times shonen anime is not white, red, bland canvas of a non-existent human who is just super into the fight. And he's just like super posy. He's just like, let's Um, do it. Yeah. Goku Midoriya from, uh, 
My Hero Academia, who actually is a pretty compelling character in retrospect. Um, I, I'm way more interested in Goku or Midoriya or... Naruto, who is the most annoying character in that show. Uh, but Same. It, um, I, yeah. Well, I, he's well, also basically Ichigo from Bleach. Yeah, who I don't like, but... So that's the thing. He's probably my second favorite character for all of those reasons, because what I ended up loving about this show was how self-aware it was of leaning into every single fucking shonen trope that it can get within an arm's reach of. Which, I'm going to give it my quick critique of the show, and it doesn't come up too much this season. It introduces so many characters that many super compelling characters don't get any time to, like, shine. Uh, the one example I'll toss in, there's a girl whose name I believe is Hojo, she is the uh, Chinese cooking yes. yeah, girl with the giant oh, yeah. thing. They set up her She gets backs. one other moment, and she's a like tertiary character, not even a secondary character in another storyline. And I think the only reason that she makes any standing is like like Megumi needed someone to be. She needs she needs a foil because mm-hmm. that's. But Megumi is my favorite character. Same. Though. Um, and my partner Kat, she's when not, we watched she's through it, really high up. Um, uh, she's like, "Can we just have a Megami show? <laughs> can you just, can you give me this show, Food Wars, Megami Edition?" Yes. I feel and like you could do a shoujo version pretty well with like, that too. That's um, the that's my that's the thing I'm realizing is that I want I want a Megami uh, spinoff. I want um just the Kyokse um dorm spinoff of just like. Seeing all of the first years doing their cooking. We'll get that out there. In the manga, it's the Polaris Storm, and that fucks with me every single <laughs> time. Also, instead of, uh, you're welcome, he goes, happy to serve, which I like much better than just, Which, like, you're welcome is, like... Sometimes it works, and other times I'm like, they haven't actually said anything. Yet. It's very like, much an Americanized, like, uh, mm-hmm. what's the word, uh, localization. It's just interesting um, to me that they kept Kyotse in the... Anime, but changed it to "You're Welcome." I, now I want to know. Happy to serve instead of Polaris. I think that, I think in the like, uh, the Japanese manga, he's probably saying Ichitakimas or something, which is somewhere that. along the line of like. And I, I, I very. It's been years since I practiced my Japanese, so I'm probably <laughs> wrong on this. Um, but it's supposed to be something closer to like ready. Like, here's here's Here you here, are, here's your meal. Yeah. Please enjoy. Yeah, so there's some interesting localization. I, and just, a, just as a reference, I have only watched the dub. Um, I watched the dub. I Yeah, I watch almost exclusively subs. So. Um, I, and this is not like a subs v dubs like, argument. In Whatever that. makes you happy. I am... I it's mostly because I have subtitles on anyway, and some of my earliest anime encounters had... I could not stand the dubs. Oh, oh. yeah. Late 90s, early 2000s anime dubs were fucking awful. Some dubs also are very hard to watch with the subs on because of just how completely fucking different they are for localization. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, that's not at all. You, Yeah, you guys just phoned this shit in. <laughs> that's but like also, a quarter of what you're supposed to be talking about. But it also kind of ties into the fact, like, it's it's come up before, which is weird, but I have at times have very strong opinions on certain voice castings and like the way certain voices should interplay. Uh, they came up in Hamilton. Uh, yeah. You, you had very strong opinions about Lynn and well, it also, should we, Hamilton. should we ever talk about Phantom of the Opera? It'll also come back up again, we but, can. I love <laughs> um, but 
I I like the tones of just the original voices that are cast most often. That's fair. Understandable. I don't understand what they're saying, but the, the t- I understand that subs like, what's tend to be across. more reliably high quality. Dubs is what I do because I usually am doing something else while I'm watching TV. I'm doodling. I'm making dinner. Like there's full on shows that I've had to rewatch subbed versus dub. Like uh, the Devil is a part timer. Mm. I had to go back and rewatch. Read the first give a couple volumes of that, and I never got too into. Um, it. I heard they're doing a sequel series or a season two, and I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> um, but I watched through the, uh, the I watched through it once, and I watched through it dubbed on Netflix, and then I rewatched it uh, subbed, and I realized, oh, I missed like fucking huge chunks of exposition in that. The dub doesn't dub a fucking like. Uh, it's something like uh, akin to like a Nokian or something, or like a, a fictional language of like this other world. And there's just whole chunks of t- dialogue that are just like, and so I'm the devil and I'm from this world. And I'm here to this thing. <laughs> that they don't dub. And it's just in this fictional language that I don't understand. And they what? don't, they don't include like a subtitle, like as an accessibility captioning, which they should do because it's supposed to be, it's non-existent language. You should be captioning that anyway. So, like, fucking dubs and subs are a wild thing, mm-hmm. especially for licensing and um, it rebroadcast. Is kind of funny. I got into this because I was uh, messaging Tiffany, who's been on a couple of our shows and might be on next episode if we can get the schedule right. And I was like, Tiffany, actually, Phoenix, because that's how I know her, because Wacky Bats, I need a fan service manga to read. Something I'll enjoy, but not get. Because I'd been reading My Hero Academia and really liked it, but it's not that fan service in comparison. And I just... Fan service can be done fun when it's well done. Like, it can be... It I, can ruin a show. I Don't love fan service, in all honesty. I'm not going to mix words about this. I love fan service. But holy shit, can it be too much? Yes. Um, and so that's why I was like... This is a part of anime that I kind of missed because, you know, I grew up reading like Ramen One Half, which has a lot of fan service, but is also like a lot of effort into being pretty good on its own right. She's the first one she said, just like, fucking Food Wars now. Um, it is funny as much as to like, I call it the horny cooking anime, and it is, but I have read some other uh, Japanese manga that aren't hentai, but are ecchi, which is like just short of hentai. And there's a few of them like, Oh man, you like Food Wars look tame. Japan, you get fucking wild. I'm yeah. So yeah, I'm not gonna recommend them. Don't they're not actually that good. They oh, were fun, yeah. but they were bad. No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this this has a completely different vibe, but the weird absurdity of this show scratched the same itch that Stephen. You'll get this because you've listened to a bunch of fucking fried squirms. The same itch that like. Tokyo Gore Police scratches. Yes. Or um, in the ABCs of death, what was the Z? Z is for... Um, not xylophone. No, that's X. What is um, it? Zank. It's a Japanese word. Yeah. I can't remember what it is. The same thing that, like, that scratches. Like, this show does that same, like, here you go. It's so over the top that, yeah. Um, okay, but to your original question before I pulled us way off, who is your least favorite Oh, my definitely least favorite is Erina. That that said, I've only finished the first two seasons. Erina gets a redemptive, a really good redemptive arc, but it's not. Because who's my number three? Aaron? Favorite, Erina. <laughs> Erina doesn't get a good redemptive arc until 
I mean, it's a slow thing, but like where it really takes off is like volume 15 of the manga. This gets through like volume five. And I feel like they're sprinkling in like little precursory things of like, mm-hmm. they do a pretty good job of like, clearly there's more going down there, but she has some sort of history with, uh, Soma's dad. As mm-hmm. far as they, they allude she's to this a mega bitch in this first season. And also, I mean, feel free to tell us why you like her while we're discussing this, but, uh, Oh no, I just, I'm, I think astronomy shit is super interesting. Oh, okay. So the fact that she goes so hard on it, plus is just a fucking amazing anime character design that she's got the God tongue or, or are you thinking of Alice? Ah, uh, sorry. I'm thinking of Alice. That's my, that's Erina's cousin. Yeah. Oh, yes. My bad. No, 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 no. Yep. I was completely thinking of Alice. My bad. And on the flip side, completely. Alice just like is my character third favorite, for me, but I love her. Um, yeah. She's like Sorry. supposed to be like intolerable, a uh, more more intolerable character. But like I just fucking love her, and I love her uh, playing uh, with the oh I cannot remember his name the the Ryu Kurokaiba. Yes, yeah. See, he's one of my least favorite characters. Um, he is just kind of generic shonen rival. Yeah, to me. him and uh, You're not fucking. Wrong. Silver-haired, spicy guy. So um, once again, why I love all of Akiva? this, they're all supposed Akiva. to be generic. Yes, no, and I understand <laughs> that. I just, there were other ones that I wanted more time with, and I'm kind of like, oh, I get why your, like, Vegeta character is really compelling to they, people, but, they like... so much, too many fucking foils in this show, now that I think about it. Like, fucking, they set up uh, a rivalry with... Uh, Aldini. Um, Aldini the, gets some real time, though. Yes, which, like, but, like... Why not just make that be his mm-hmm. rivalry rather than like adding? Um, uh, I just said his name and I've already forgotten it. Kurokaiba uh, or uh, white-haired guy whose name I can't them. remember. But like, why throw in both of them? Other than like Aldini's supposed to be like not on the same level, but also they do set up like this. It's fucking I don't know. That's it. Yeah, that is a very good criticism of they. They set up too many characters that they don't util that they don't get to utilize. Slash also should just be you. It is also a big shonen thing, though, because Naruto does it really hardcore as well. But um, I like a lot of the people of uh, the random fucking that the people that set up in Naruto. Yes. Well, fair. And like, I would, I can't think of many of them. They're, they're, like, they're either forgettable or they're good. They're mm, not as actively I would bad. say that's the, I mean, while we're talking about some of the other shonens, I've always been a huge Bleach fan, and it falls behind. It was definitely the least of the big three, but that was the one thing it did well was really flesh out every, every character. fucking character. That's really cool. I liked Bleach. I just, it was, I was reading it at a time, because there was a couple years when I was, like, an early teen that I exclusively watched anime and I exclusively read manga. And when I fell out, I fell out hard. And it wasn't that I didn't like them. I had just burned myself out so much. And because I was the awkward nerd kid, I hung out with far too many people that Naruto ran down the hallways. And there's nothing wrong with those gay people, but like there was a point that I was like, we need to talk about literally anything else than Naruto right now. Literally anything else. Boruto? <laughs> that was long before Boruto came out. Tyler, what about you? Who's your least favorite? Least favorite. My least favorite, who I was going to mention, doesn't appear in this first season, I realized. Or he barely does. Oh, interesting. Oh, this is tough thinking of a least favorite. My my top three came easily to me, but... 
He asked um, me this at work the other day, so that's why we have to do it. And I this. only uh, was thinking about it because I thought it was fucking wild that, like, I, I was pretty set in at that time that Soma was my least favorite character, and then I just like, no, he's my second least favorite character. Aaron is my least favorite character. Uh, my least favorite action, uh, that's Aaron's assistant. What's her name? Secretary girl. I don't know. It's uh, Hisato? Hisato. His, yeah, least favorite. Again, there's so many characters in but this. But, like, um... I would love to see her and uh, Nato Mao. Um, I, th- I think that's her name. The fucking oh, the the, the cauldron witch. The cauldron yeah. witch. I would love to see a uh, like a goofy spinoff of just like a odd couple uh, cooking show of them having. Yeah, to that's totally great. I like her way better. The the creepy stalker girl. Uh-huh. Way better than she has any right to because she's. Anytime they actually do the stalking moments, they're like, oh, you are very uncomfortable. Yeah. She and shows also, up in, like, episode two in the background, doesn't yeah, she? That's they're the really good at they're that. They're really good this. at sprinkling her in in the background. Although um, it is fun. You can tell when someone's a super forgettable character because, like, if, you know, there's, like, all of the anime characters really interesting and the rest are completely, like, bland, forgettable in the cooking uniforms. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are not an anime character at all. Oh, you're um, here to have someone to... You're here to badmouth someone so that then you can be shut down by a real character. I was going to say Mimisaka, the the mimic guy, but oh, he yeah, doesn't really appear until season two. Yeah, I don't think he's in season one at all. He's... If we yeah, see it, I have like no idea who you're talking mansion, about, so... You'll... We'll talk about... you. We're doing season two next yeah, time, yeah. spoiler alert, yeah. and he will definitely come up. I think I watched the first two episodes of season two and then cut myself off because I didn't want to... I have to stop. I almost did I the same thing. I think you see him going up against uh, Talk Me Out Dini. Okay. He will. Uh, he will. Re- great fight, actually. But um, uh, we didn't get yours. What's your favorite, uh, least favorite, or do you have... Oh, no, it was the... The, oh, secretary, the secretary, girl, secretary girl, right. Yeah. She gets Who some really medicinal cooking, which I thought was super fucking I thought that was really neat. She gets some really fun stuff in season two. I really wanted to try her cooking, but I, I just can't. Turtle. No, I that's next. I can't season. stand her fucking trying to suck up to Arena so much. And, that's and I will say, though, the only time the I did time. like Arena was when she was basically so bored she decided that she just was going to be nice. And be nice and dote <laughs> well, on and her. Well, it wasn't even necessarily so bored. It's like literally the she, only like friend she has. And I think it's her own, like her attempting to like show friendship, but she can't. So this really? means this means that fucking Arena literally when she has when she can be cooking and has something to be focused on, she has no like she she's just a nice person, but if she's cooking and ha- can be cooking, she has no reason to not be an asshole. What's the anime term? I mean, it's honestly spoiler, it's trauma baby, but soon, yeah, she is like if we're going to talk about everyone being like the ultimate over the top trope of a shonen thing, she is the most Sundari character since Rey from uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah. Hmm. Very, very, uh, yeah. She's okay. just angry Sundari. She's like somewhere between Rey and Asuka from Neon Genesis. Like, yeah, you're moving her up on my list now that you've played this way, in all honesty. <laughs> well, I was going to say, for me, even like least favorite is this is <coughs> oh, I like, like, like it's a, like somebody has to be. Um, yeah. I guess. Because I was like, I was pretty charmed by everybody. There was nobody I actively disliked. I kind of got it all. I'm going to probably give it to Kurokaiba and uh, Spice Guy, whose name I literally can't. Akiba. Know. Akiba. Uh, I think just because there were other characters, I found so much more interesting, and they take up a lot of space. I do 
fucking really wish I learned we learned more about there's the two himbos from the dorm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the cheer squad for Megami. Uh, who literally, we know they're good enough to be a Polaris dorm members, but they don't make it into anything. They never keep up with anyone else. They're like worse than Krillin and DBZ. And the only thing we ever learn is one of them makes really good fried vegetables. And we don't even know if that's like their specialty or anything. No, because that's just the only cooking thing I can remember, and I only caught it and, and this it's, time. It's like the opening, um, uh, like it's when someone's like fucking, they're partying with someone. The oh, intro right. party, yeah, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. start, and one's like, look at Damn. these fried vegetables, and he's like, these are great! I, I should have brought some special rice juice for this recording. Oh, God, mm. that's so good. Or possibly the head of the bowl club, but you're like supposed to kind of hate him. Oh, he's pathetic. I fucking love him so much. <laughs> the Don of Bowl Club. He's so pathetic. Okay, uh, so who's your favorite, and who's like a s- obvious side character who you think is like who you really like? Like in the same way that I like, she's not my choice, but for whatever reason, I fucking love now the the uh, cauldron witch. She's so funny to well, me. I think and I want to eat her food. Also I think in fascinated the, by her co- uh, cooking like mm-hmm. m- method slash philosophy. I think in the course of this, I've already said my top three, so I'll just reiterate it. Uh, Megumi. Megumi, yeah. Number one. Yeah, Megumi's like, your favorite yeah, as well. Definitely my number one. Soma, um, number two. I have questions about her character, though. Um, <laughs> how? And then Arena's your and number three. No, no, Alice, Alice is your number three. And then Alice is my number three. I do like Alice. I do like Alice, too. Um, Alice. I... I hate molecular gastronomy, though, from the standpoint of it, it seems so fucking bougie. just like... One of my favorite things, and one of the reasons I like Soma, is I am not a bougie food person. Like, we went to, it's not open here anymore, but the Pearl Cafe used to be, like, one of the, like, mm-hmm. bougiest places in yeah. town. And I enjoyed it, but I was like, this needed to be four times bigger. I like good food, and I like a lot of it. I like so like <laughs> I like the idea of molecular gastronomy of like exploring food in mm-hmm. different ways, but I do not like how it has been utilized in hot cuisine as like this is the next evolution of. And a lot of oh, yeah, see, I don't like that. I just like the disgusting. ideas behind it. Exactly. All. Yeah. I like so like much curry comes... dish that you see where it's just like that looked really in- the curry it... dish. I wanted to try the egg dish. I thought looked bad. Yeah, the egg dish looked um, really unappetizing. Um... But also, that's fucking weird that they made an unappetizing-looking dish in an anime. <laughs> well, we can't all be Miyazaki. Uh, but, like, everything else looks so fucking that's, good. That's true. I think my favorites are... Oh, I, I was gonna say I love Soma because he is the, like, bar food guy, and I fucking love bar food, and I make pretty good bar food. Like, if you could buy it in a bar, I can probably do a decent job, other than I need to learn to fry things better. Like, deep-fry things. I like um, the other Aldini brother... A lot. He's in my top. Wait, Isami Aldini? Isami Aldini, but I Which made me groan the first time I heard that. I don't I fucking hate. Isami. Isami! Oh my god damn it. I'm so mad at you now. Isami <laughs> Aldini! And he's Italian. Fucking Christ. I, I love his character. I'm so happy when I tell her. I it. fucking hate. It is absolute dog shit in my mouth. His weird fucking seasonal slim down type thing that oh that do. was weird it's that is absolute horse shit and I hate it it is fat phobic to me and it feels real weird that's interesting but it's also just like a fucking that I could thought just it was hilarious. entirely be a Japanese like cultural thing that I don't understand but like if he's supposed to be slimming down seasonally 
that is a wild fluctuation that like he should be a little bit bulkier for a character. It was, it felt oh, weird. I also, didn't okay. Bulky See, him is also just gluttony from FMA. Oh, entirely. Holy shit. Didn't think of that. Really? I see. I actually did like that. And maybe it's because I used to be just, I was a fucking rail thin kid for years. And I have gotten, I mean, I'm a fat guy now. I'm not like wildly fat, but I'm a heavy set dude. And that, that change happened pretty fast. Honestly, the moment I stopped working on a trail crew and started working right next to the cinnamon rolls. But, um, that to do it pretty oh, quickly. Oh God, I gained so much weight so fast. <laughs> I gained like 50 pounds in a year. And that is not like, was not like me for most of my childhood. As um, a fat person who has struggled with an e- uh, mm-hmm. disordered eating throughout my life, this is a thing that is sometimes a sticky issue. I am not me, trying so like, to tell you that well, you are wrong. And, and I'm I not super saying, get like, where you're coming from. I entirely, but I just, this is, I would just want to frame that for anybody who mm-hmm. didn't have an issue with this. can't see us in this entirely like, audio that's, medium. That's why I didn't enjoy this. And like, if you ha- if you think that's a cool bit, that I'm not well, saying Well, you've had to like do with shit that I haven't had to um, do as much. Um, but I yeah. did have someone tell me they got, I, I got fat enough that they didn't recognize me anymore. And I was, and then be curious why I was mad at them afterwards. But that's for a different, not while recording podcast because I do not like put people on blast yeah. like that. Um, um, it's just, it's weird. Um, I in the last few years have lost a lot of weight um, due to different lifestyle changes yeah. and playing more Pokemon. Playing Pokemon Go, I think, definitely played a, f- a factor in that. Like I fucking literally just got outside. And just and less way soda. More. I know both of us um, stopped. Drinking as much soda and helped. Same. Um, um, uh, but, like, such a weird thing to just, like, lose I'll, weight and then have people like, oh, you look so fucking good. I was like, Ismi's Cal- oh, fuck yourself. Cece had some of that happen to and hated it. Ismi's calzone looked better to me than the pasta whatever that his brother made. Yeah, uh, well, I was going to ask, like, what dishes from the show did you guys want to try? Because that's probably in my top three was the calzone. The calzone, for sure. Especially from the standpoint of, like, seeing, a, like, a, a, a tomato curry. Mm, like, mm-hmm. that broken down. Uh, oh, and I was going to say, I fucking love Meat Meat. Mm. For whatever reason, she's one of oh. my favorite characters in the oh, show. Oh, yeah. Meat Meat's definitely on my oh, top three. I love Meat Meat. I especially love that when she's just like her slow realization that she actually like likes Soma and mm-hmm. she's just like the, the the bit that like fucking got me in stitches um, every time of just like there's only one person who's mm-hmm. allowed to call me meat meat. Oh wait, oh god damn it. <laughs> uh, uh, um, I knew who you guys were talking about but that is not they do not translate it into meat meat on the song. Oh. They just it's just meat up. Yeah. Akumi Mito, but her nickname, his nickname for her is Meat Meat. Yeah, I can't um, remember. I, I don't remember why. I can't remember exactly what it says. She's the Meat Master. In um in the manga, it is something else, too, that translates to Meat Meat, but they, and I don't, I haven't read the intros in long enough. Uh, oh, food that I want to try. The apple risotto made me a better cook. And Roar warned me about this. That the apple risotto is the dish that, that I want to make the most. That's I've one I still want to make. Of times. I want to make that so fucking bad. That is a full-on thing about this show is that I've learned so much. My cooking has gotten drastically better on every rewatch of this series. It's just starting to use apple in other foods and like you know because I I make hash that's like sometimes sweet potato depending on my mood and usually like bell peppers and hamburger and uh, onion. And uh, cheese over the top, or sometimes sausage, you know, varying. And I started swapping out 
the meat for breakfast sausage and uh, our the store we all work at makes a really good breakfast sausage, so easy access. And um, I started putting apple in it to give it like a sweet flavor to go with it. Mm. And Jesus, fuck, it's a good, like, admittedly heavy, but good breakfast. Yeah, no, it, I, I want to make it. I think, yeah. I Weirdly, I've also been using apple a little bit more myself. Just a, like a month ago, I made uh, pizza with apple, bacon, and a pesto sauce. That does sound good. Ooh, fuck me. That sounds delicious. I've never people thought about pineapple the, on pizza. People have the pineapple on pizza debate, but really the true answer is most like delivery pizzas use such shitty pineapple that it ruins the flavor anyways but like if you get good pineapple it can be really but it generally needs to be like a kind of bougie pizza to like work um and, and like one of my favorite sandwiches to make i use apple butter so ooh. i go uh fry some chicken sharp cheddar apple butter um there you go as much as i made as made fun of the Spice guy, whose name again has disappeared. I a give kind of. up. He's Spice guy. A kind of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, which yeah, his his, his non curry thing looked fuck. You like break in. Oh yeah, yeah. Incre- and I just love non is part of it, but it looked incredible. Fucking, I've made Soma's um uh, uh oh, steak shap- champagne. Oh, oh, I wanted to try that. The, sh- uh, the uh, steak How did that turn thing? out? It was fucking delicious. Because oh, I was man. very curious about that, because um, I was like, that's within my skills to make. It's <laughs> so easy, and it was good, and I, uh, like, there's a couple things that I've made here, but fucking Akaiba's whole little demonstration on curry and spices fucking revolutionized my understanding of spice. I am still not very good at spices. I am not either, I've gotten better, but, but I have just the fucking... I have the a grasp on it now because of this. The the smoked dish was the one I wanted to try the most the, out of all of them. The uh, where everything was smoked. The, oh, the smoked eggs didn't look dish. good to me, but mm-hmm. it's um, I don't know the eggs. I'm not. I'm really picky about eggs, so that's part of. It, but the rest looked incredible to me. What's his name? The the uh, glasses kid. The they always oh, oh that all white pasta looked incredible. It looked like it was either going to be really good or really bad, and I couldn't figure out which. That one. looks like a that that looked like an uptown shutdown for me. I and know. That, like I'm gonna just eat it. Like it's a fucking pota- mashed potato cream sauce. I'm not over sold on the, mashed potatoes on udon noodles, but I'm I guess it, I yeah, want to try it. I want to try it so bad. Next season, the stew that Soma makes, the beef stew, but that's next season. That's next and season. that looks so good. Uh, um, I, am, I want to try everything Megami makes. Everything. Yes. Her her breakfast Ooh, dish for the uh, training actually, camp. Actually, the little quail egg mm-hmm. things. And uh, um, the I don't know what that fucking is. The monkfish. Uh, I was about pie. to say, I've tried monkfish. I'm not the biggest fan of monkfish, so maybe not that dish. But I've never tried it, but like I, if I get to see someone do hang cutting as like... I would I love to say, watch that. That, as an experience, would be cool. I will say, Cece, who does have a lot of cooking experience, and was enjoying watching the show, because the stuff they do get right, because they did have a professional chef as their, like, advisor, but there was definite bits where she's like, that would have taken four hours! <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah, the, the, uh, steak, shippadnambipadda, Champlina or whatever yeah, it is. The, a bunch of onions over steak and a rice bowl looked really good. I mean, again, I like simple basic food like oh 
His the fried chicken wrap that he made. Oh, it's uh, uh, yeah. super good yeah. to me, and I love a good fried chicken. With Bad the, fried the chicken, rice, the rice flour like uh, tortilla, like mm. uh, flatbread type thing. Oh yeah. I will say that episode frustrated me just a touch because they're all sitting there like racked with like trying to come up with ideas, and I was just like immediately before anybody was like, "We need to come up with an idea." I'm like, "You guys are walking around, so like a wrap, make a fucking wrap, yeah, like a wrap or a burrito." I, I originally thing. thought burrito, and then I'm like, you guys want to show off, like, the color and shit. Like, I just want to eat it. So, like, <laughs> make it a wrap. <laughs> okay. So let's do a quick run, I mean, quote-unquote quick, a run over of, like, the, the season as arcs, we go along. Yeah. So we start off in Yukahara, and as is, I think this first episode is, in some ways, the worst way to introduce people because I've had several people be like, that episode was too much for me. It also just, like, it only sets up the premise of his dad and him. That's mm-hmm. the only really good... There's too many characters that are introduced. The shopping district gets introduced, but it only ever comes back for that fucking chicken um, thing, as far as I know. Um, the, his you dad do need to understand how important Yukahara is to him, though. Yes, like, so Yukahara's the, the, the restaurant. Yeah. I was surprised, just while you bring up the whole his dad and him thing, how quickly that played out like how quickly we found out who his dad was i thought for sure how quickly we found out his dad is he still doesn't fucking know who his dad is until yeah. like fucking the end of and season and we don't you guys still don't fully understand the scale of who his dad oh, yeah. is but we get but that's always the with these shows you yeah never, yeah no exactly the there's always another bit to it but i mean it somehow blew me away that he didn't realize his dad went to this school when his dad's like Here's this amazing fucking school. If you don't do well, you'll never be able to beat me, scrub. And like, also, like, dog, how do you think you got into this school in the first <laughs> place, man? Your dad's an alum. A really probably I mean, rich you alum. You did have to prove yourself still. It's still, but, but like, how do you think you even got the fucking entrance exam? I did love invitation. the... It, it's not important to any of this. The monk who was like, I will abandon my vows to eat his food again. Uh, Jochiro. Uh, Joichiro. Joichiro, thank you. But anyways... Him and his dad run this little hole-in-the-wall restaurant, exactly the kind of restaurant that I love to go to. Like, basically like a diner. Like very, kind yeah, of thing. Mm-hmm. the very like family, first thing we know is they eatery. go on, um... A fried they do cooking competitions war. constantly. Yeah, constantly. This is, like, um, 400 plus. And the biggest, I think, biggest mistake is the amount of tentacle jokes in the first episode. I also feel like they're trying to set a precedent or tone of, like, this is the goofiness that we're going to have. I get it, but, like, the hard part of being like, you guys just got to get through this if that part's a little much for you. Because, as we said later on, the f- uh, the food fantasies are full-on detailed fantasies involving, like, a wide world building. In this first one, it's, this was terrible. It's like tentacles grabbing me. Yeah. Or like, oh, the honey, and it's just a naked woman with honey poured all over her, and like, an eruption of light between her legs. Like, just straight up, she gooshed. Yeah. Also, it's I'm sorry, if you guys have not goosh. realized yet that we're gonna talk about super horny shit, I got nothing for you. Way hornier than we usually go on this show. Look, it gets more detailed, but those splooshes happen all the fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> I will say credit to them show. on these. While the impossibly hot buxom woman is always, like, the main focus of the, like, goosh fantasy, they do not hesitate at all to have people who usually would not be in the, like, fan service fantasy moment. The big fat guy. Or the old man. 
will totally get the fan service stuff too. Oh like, yeah. There's in the now scene in the now's cooking where it's like a basically like being trapped in a BDSM dungeon. Sure. She gets the whole thing, but the old man chef is wearing like even less than she is. He's just not like the main focus of the page. And I don't, if you don't like fan service, this show's not going to be for you, but it is interesting to me. And I know Cece definitely brought it up that the fan service bothered her less because anyone and everyone will get fan serviced in this show. And like in one of the endings, everyone's naked. We only see Soma's butt of it though. Oh yeah. Like the only one where we see straight on butt is Soma. I love the. I will say though, like, sorry, I just I need, I need to get that out there. They will make the the old man wearing even less in the background of like the detailed like BDSM scene and shit. But if you're female, they're more likely gonna find some way to sexy you up first. Oh, Fumio, no. they made young first. Automatically, uh, yes. it is way more. It is a very male gaze show. I just I thought it was interesting that several people mentioned it to me that like that made them more comfortable with it that you still see from the very first episode everybody's going to be having it they're yeah, just going like, to be focusing on the big titted one I feel like in the the Megami um uh, food war she does with um the former one seat um uh, during the training camp oh god he's a pain in the ass he uh, might be my worst fit he, favorite he's so very insufferable oh actually yeah no he's my new least favorite <laughs> I don't know also, how I didn't Gina, think of him. The tarine does not look that interesting, like to me. Like the, the I like that the they make concepts. Yeah. I would want to eat it, but I wouldn't ever want to buy that. If that makes sense. Fair. Um, but uh, like the judging on that, it's like fucking Ginsotama, um, uh, and like two other dudes at least. But it's a it's a oh, pretty yeah, yeah. evenly mixed panel of judges, and you mm-hmm. they do a weird. Not not weird. Very fucking interesting and cool. Uh, the Sailor Moon transformation. Oh, that for, was so good <laughs> for um, uh, for like their the cabbage one. one. Yeah, yeah. That, like that was. I feel like the episodes where they started uh, definitely where I starting to notice more of the like reactions become less less. Generalized. It's in the Hell Camp bit where they really start, and it's actually I have a point that when we as we go through that cover through that will kind of tie into that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it starts getting more complicated episode two because episode two is God Tongue and her shit is always off the wall. But I think, yes, that's true. I think this is also supposed to represent the general journey that you as a viewer slash Soma as a cook chef is going through and developing the flavor. So like as he's getting better, the details are getting more interesting less, and wild. Less blunt and direct and just and the shift where that happens is also when he stops just making Yukihira menu items and starts making his own items. Fuck, that's good. Which I noticed this time. I hadn't noticed it the previous time I watched this. I, I didn't notice um, it, but I noticed it. If, you know, Because it's in Hell Camp where he stops making Yukihira item number seven every time. Or I guess in the first Food War, but uh, where he makes the, the Chapelain Bowl. But like when that happens is when it starts getting much more detailed fantasies. Yeah. Um, I will say the thing he makes in the first one, which is the fake meat yeah, roast, yeah. did look pretty good. I, I think it would be some bullshit, but it did look very tasty. I actually um, want to try to make that just to see if I can make myself like eating mushroom in any way. Cece doesn't like mushroom either. So oh, I really? Get that. Mushrooms are great. I love mushrooms. Um, I love mushrooms. I don't like olives, though, so you know we all have our own things. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, actually an extremely picky eater. 
Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I get it though. There are weird texture and first episode is almost more of a throwaway episode, and it's just you know big name can big name. We're gonna set up the two intro. Yeah. We're gonna set up the two most important characters for you: Soma Yukihira and his dad Jorichiro. Who it's interesting how important his dad is for someone who's not here for most of the series. Slash their their restaurant and like setting the stakes for what Soma wants to do. Mm-hmm. Big big conglomerate person's trying to take over the building, so they need to buy the tiny little shop. She's basically like, if you like this food, you'll stop trying to buy it. And they, yeah, she, he beats them. She fucking honey orgasms. Uh, we also learned that he makes disgusting food, always involving tentacles. That was what first started endearing me to Soma, was I was just like, yo, he likes to like force the bad shit on his friends. Really? I don't do that, but, but also, I'm down with this. It's like, funny. I like, it's like oh, dude, I fucked this up real good. Come try this. If he was just perfect boy all the time, I would have been bored. But he's like, no, what I really like to make is the most disgusting thing ever. Stuff. In real life, if you forced people to eat like that, you'd be a monster. But for the show, I'm a little more willing to like give allowances. Also, like none of that sounds like actually like uneatable. It sounds no, no weird. The, the tentacles in the yogurt sauce sound the the squid tentacles and yogurt sauce sounded absolutely horrendous to me. Yeah, that sounds pretty hard to get down. But uh, the squid tentacles and peanut butter. Sounded extremely bad, but I think there's a way you could mix those two flavors. And now I'm wondering, is he frying them or grilling them? Uh, or he shows dry? them grilling them in the back in the very first scene you see. But him. like he has dried ones that he's chewing on when he goes mm-hmm. to the uh, That's just the house. jerky, though. That's, uh, it would be like a peanut butter sauce, not just like peanut butter. Oh, I think it's in the manga. Like They did a one-shot manga that was an inspiration for this before they did it. He did the same thing, squid tentacles, but instead of peanut butter, it was in strawberry jam. And that sounds fucking terrible to me. I think they even mentioned something like uh, they do something. They mentioned that in the anime with like Jory Tro as a, a bad dish at one point that included strawberry jam. I CC is determined that at some point, and I don't remember if this happens or not, to be honest, because they make so many dishes that he will eventually make something really fucking good with uh, tentacles because he's made so many bad things with them over the course. Like it's such I a mean, running joke. He used them to get into uh, Kyokuse slash. Polaris, he uses uh, the tentacles. To oh, he uses a little bit of the jerky. Well, um, I mean, his his biggest superpower in this is that he's the best learner. Yeah, yeah. I so I eventually his his back fucking his ace in the hole is he can pull out a fucking squid dish. I know there's never a huge moment where he's like using squid like ultimate like and there should have been because it's like theoretically though like but like yeah at some point uh, dude and um, i don't i don't know how it ends because i've never finished it but i really want him to uh, do a food battle with his dad where he pulls it out by just like gross squid dish (laughs) (laughs) i just Uh, want them to have a gross food off that he has to choose to win by using one of his dad's gross dishes i would love to see a proper like gross food. I mean, we see them comparing notes, but like an actual like food war for the worst and make people judge it. Um, uh, okay, so make fucking God tongue judge. <laughs> his dad realizes that his son will never be as good as he wants to be and will never beat him if he doesn't expand his knowledge because he's got he's basically stagnating. And yes, his only goal is to continue working at Yukihira and to beat his dad, and he can't just do both so he gets to do that he has to go beat other people first and mm-hmm. he has to learn to cook 
So he gets sent and he meets Aaron Anakari, who is the daughter of Dean Asami? No, Dean, just Dean Nakari, the crazy old Dumbledore man. Um, granddaughter? Granddaughter, thank you. The, the, I don't know if it's founder of Kyotse, but uh, the dean, the head of Kyotse. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's the founder. Um, I can't remember. They're like the 93rd class, so he's probably not the founder, but it, their family runs this, the most elite cooking academy in the world. Like, cooks from mm. all around the world, every class of culinary cuisine. Uh, there, there's like a, different clubs to feature every certain kind of cooking and Arena has the god tongue, which is kind of the food equivalent of having perfect pitch. Like, you can always tell when something is off, but it's made her a she-bitch yeah, she's, as a result. She has the perfect taste, and people are p- willing to pay through the fucking nose to get her to taste her dishes. But, like, she will not be polite about it. Yeah, there is no in-between if it is bad. Or if there's, like, if it's anything wrong with it, you're going to know. Just because I never get a chance to throw this little bit of knowledge out. But interesting thing about perfect pitch, people who have it always lose it. Interesting. It's something that eventually deteriorates with age and is apparently really bad. Uh, and they will all then the people be... I knew in high school choir with perfect pitch were giant douchebags about it. But... Um... <laughs> Uh, this is a, a, a hole in my frame of knowledge. What exactly does perfect pitch mean? Like, I know vaguely what it means, but... It's kind of like Aaron and Knocker. You can always tell when something is a little off pitch while singing, and a lot of times they're pretty good at hitting the proper pitch because they can hear and be like, that's not right. Yeah, and it don't, because they can always tell when it's perfectly in place or not, it takes very little schooling to be like, so that's an A, and they're like, cool. Now I know what that sounds like from here on out, so once they learn even basic music theory... Okay. You can kind of use real that step to, up. to take it's, off. Like, um, I mean, the god tongue is the shonen cooking version of it, but it's the same idea. Got like, it. I can tell there's, oh, that person in the choir got that pitch wrong, and so suddenly the whole choir sounds a little off. Music and uh, songwriting and stuff like that has never been my forte. So mm. I did um, choir for like almost 10 years. Um, I did choir. I, did, I, was, I faked my way through a year of band. Well, I was super into choir too, but that's not here nor there. I haven't. Uh, really sung in like 15 years um i sing every day though well yeah but i mean like i, I did the after school choir i was like devoted to it for a while yeah i'm As devoted to, to like, singing to my cat though well yeah, yeah but like singing to my cat versus singing to an audience 12 to a bit, shut up <laughs> um <laughs> 12 years and an invitation only choir in college yeah same I mean, not that. I mostly it's some reason I stopped doing drama. I hate uh, auditioning. Wow, I know a lot of choir people. My partner's a yeah, choir. I was yep. in choir with your partner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think both of you were probably. I was not, but I knew your partner back during the choir days. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. My sister She's was like in exactly choir. Exactly between where Tyler and I banky. were in high school. Um, but back to the show. He initially gets. He, he is yes, the only exam. Yes, and he is the only person willing to try when Arena Nakari is revealed to be the uh, the person judging the exam. Yeah, she drops like some bullshit of like, yeah, if you uh, don't pass, you don't get a try again. Ever, you Ever, fail forever. You, you. It automatically shows my problems with this school. 
He Which, like, okay. he makes his way through the first half of the season simply by not being starstruck. Yeah, he's not afraid, and that's one of the things. It's not even he's not afraid. He's completely ignorant as to who these people like, who are. The fuck are you guys? Yes, uh, you guys actually cook. I don't. I've, I haven't seen any of you cook, so I'm just gonna just be here. I'm gonna go cook something. <laughs> <laughs> he does successfully make her like his food, even though everything he does is like theoretically should be wrong according to like traditional cuisine, which is what she's the fucking master of. Because she's never had to try before. I do want to try oh. that transforming furikake. The, the, the stuff he does like that, the, where he is really interesting. God, that's next season. There's so many things I want to talk about with his cooking next season where I'm like, well, where his cooking is much two. more important next episode. But, uh, but she fails him even though it is a good dish. Mostly because she's just pissed about it. Because he that's- does everything wrong According to like how she has been trained in cooking, <laughs> I caught. I thought it wasn't so much that he did everything wrong. It's like like oh, she's also, super fucking classist. Oh, she's oh. constantly bringing up how low class he is and how he doesn't belong there just because of that. No, she's also classist, and he's a prick. Both of these people are assholes, so of course they like God. clash. And I, I, I know you finished the manga. So you know who he probably like they, they they set up like a love interest between him and Megami as well. They never definitively give him a partner. And Fuck I will yes. I will split this. And they talked about it, but they decided that Soma would be way too much interested in cooking at the time to ever actually get distracted enough. Oh god. Now, there's heavy implications of romance might happen and I'm not going to tell you with who. But don't care this um, fucking music to my ears. I love it. And Isn't I actually it? wanted a romance, but I wanted... I, I uh, want a romance, uh, too, but also I don't like some of the stuff they talk about with, like, fucking weird shit. But, like, j- there's some stuff that's a little fucking hinky that's like, ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, of, like, specifically talking about, like, how Jerry uh, Churis, like, talking about how like he needs to find a woman to make his cooking better. <laughs> yeah. I was like, mm. Yeah, that's a weird line. Um, I also wonder... If in the way that our perception of gender has changed enough that it just feels like, I don't know if it had been like find a partner or find someone who challenges you would have. But also like if you put it in that context, like you could just like literally put sub in a rival. Yeah. So. Fair enough. um, Uh, But also like. I feel like he mostly had eyes for uh, fucking, what's his name? Seventh Seat. Ishki? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking love Ishki. We'll oh, get to dude. him in a sec because we're about to fast forward. Solo was all about Ishki in a couple Ishki's of episodes. Number two. I'm all about Ishki. Uh, yeah, um, Ishki's definitely my number two. He's so my number, number two. He does get in because the dean tastes his food and was like, this is fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> Let him in. What's wrong with you? Uh, he gets in. He immediately pisses off the entire school because he's the only transfer student let in. Everyone else went to middle school here. And then continue through. He transferred in at high school, which is much more of a Japanese thing than an American thing, where middle school and high school tend to be different schools. Mm-hmm. While this one is sometimes much more all the way through. Also, um, like there's a, a much more level of testing required for certain to schools. get into a high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah like well, for us, it's just like that's where you go next. Prestige. Here um, you go. You uh, you live in this town and you went to the middle school here, so you're gonna go to this middle school. Especially because you're within here. a mile of this school, yeah. <laughs> Unless you ask. But he is asked to give a like speech at the entrance thing, 
and the entrance, and he literally tells like, all of you are in my goddamn way. I'm going for the first spot. What's up? None of you are real cooks. You've never spent a real day in a real kitchen. Also, hope will be buds. Talk you talk to you later. And he means Hopefully both I'll of those see things. A, a, a few of you in graduation. Like hundred like, percent um, does not. Uh, he is hundred percent honest there. Um, and like uh, showing his say, a little bit classism. He's probably right about ninety nine percent of them though. But also yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That is the thing I hate about this school. When, when like eighty percent of you will drop out before senior year. You're bad at teaching. But also, 80% of these people are some fucking shitlords who are just, like, here to get, get prestige. Yes. Like, clearly here to, like, I went to this school. <laughs> fucking Rover, apparently. <laughs> um, okay, He's a great I will cook, give you that, me. but there is just such a thing of, like... <sighs> I think there's even a whole bit that they say in there that, like, even the dropouts are, like, basically set for life. Oh, yeah. Um, like, but, the the, world, but there is a thing. Which and I it, hate. This is stupid. part of my thing. I don't like how fucked up the cooking world is with, like, burnout is, like, a point of pride almost. Like, uh, and I just don't have time for burnout culture anymore. Like, I am so much a person of, like, your job is your job and do it and do it well. But I am so much more interested in what you do in when you're not working that this whole concept of, like, we will crush you to make you better just annoys me. I don't like that worldview. So the school pisses me off. Yeah. I much prefer the, I'm going to challenge you to mm -hmm. raise you up. And what I like about him is, one, they don't fucking, like, shit on you if you fail, like the school tends to do. And, two... He wants every like he does work with teaching other people like uh, and actually helping other people grow too. It's not the like me or you. It's the like we're all fucking cooking and that's all fucking great. Look, I will say, despite the fact that he starts this with "you're all in my goddamn way," which like yeah, I I do get it. He spent he's been cooking since he's what like fucking four or some shit or uh -huh. something, um, and he's been working in a kitchen like since he was like eight. Fucking man, dude. Cooks. They also, some, child labor is a problem, but um. cooks, cooks. We have some fucking weird issues with like our sense of pride in, in our cooking. Um, and it's, I've talking. My brother's been a cook mm -hmm. his whole life, basically. Uh, I've been cooking basically since I was fucking ten. Uh, not in kitchen, not professional kitchens, but in home cook slash like professional kitchens too. There's a lot of assholes who are like very prideful of their work simply because they're. They've worked in a real kitchen, so I get this. This is a this is an understandable thing, but it's also I hate it. <laughs> I was gonna say the entire school doesn't need to be the way and as rough as it is, and like burnout culture fucking sucks. But I do love the idea of like the Hell Week because until things change, they need to get a taste of something of it. Yes, but here's the problem: the kid that gets expelled because he had the wrong fucking hair right condition. no and i'll yeah, agree with that's that too far throwing them to the wolves and then like hey guys you're gonna actually get to see what it's kind of like but if you expel them they never get a chance to learn from their mistake and i even mean this beyond that like oh you picked this wrong thing you're expelled from the school no fuck you if they get expelled if they keep fucking up sure fine whatever but like first mistake you're expelled is bad teaching because Oh yeah, it's, it's no. this whole thing. You learn from mistakes, and the the point at where the school is now, no one's allowed to do that. Okay, I gotta ask, how the fuck did Megami get into this school? 
because she's actually really good, and she got in when she was a middle schooler, where it was much less... Okay, that adds up a thousand more... Thank you. It I, is I in... About this. I mean, she always struggled, but it's when they get into high school that it becomes significantly more... Okay, yes. ...difficult. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was confused, because they did show a little bit about, like, her backstory, and, like, I was like, why... How did you even get an invite into this school? Oh, she gets wrecked immediately. Um... um but he gets there, he gets sent to, actually, this is a good point for this, because we're about to meet Megami. Is it his first class before he goes to Polaris, or does he go to, yes. He has his first class where he teams up with Megami. Yes, because she uh, has to be introduced before, like, the rest of the, yeah. the dorm. And she's like, I never want, uh, like, as long as I don't work with that guy, I'll be fine. Immediately works with that guy. Uh, and this is where we kind of first see him as, like, I can overcome adversity, and I actually work pretty well with other people. He's friendly, charming, just wants to I don't even remember cook. what the fucking... Um, uh, they were making some sort of uh, roast dish. Yeah, um, the, the assholes pour salt and uh, he finds the, a way to fix it. episode's called uh, The Chef Who Never Smiles. Uh, mm-hmm. Chef Chamel, I think. He has um, the worst fake French accent of all time in the dubs. Distractingly bad. Oh, it's very bad. Uh, gets into Polaris dorm. We meet a bunch of the Polaris folk. Yeah, all of the various Kyoxi uh, first years who have been there, um, and their specialties. You, I want to so much more time with Fumio, all of them. Um, yeah, Fumio is the old lady who runs the dorm. We meet. Uh, uh, I can't think of Shun. Any of their he's the smoke guy. Um, uh, Kenji, I think, is his name. That he's the uh, um, historical one who like. The, the professor always, of taste. Uh, oh, um, does the, uh... That starts with an M. And they always have a party in his room as much as he's like, mm-hmm. please just let me sleep. He, he's the nerd. Um, uh, there's the girl who's into uh, Wild Game. There's one who's all into um, uh, rice, mullet, and... Uh, She's all about fermentation, specifically. Fermentation. And then there's Megami, who... Megami, who's the other first year. And then, um, I can't remember his name, but the guy who's constantly wearing just an apron. Ishki. Ishki, yes. uh, who is uh, seat seven of the Council of Ten. The Council of Ten being the uh, ruling body of the school. They outrank the teachers. They are the ten best the, cooks of the student body. The only person above them is the dean. Which is the worst idea. The, the faculty has to, any decision they make, have to. the faculty has to agree with. They have to just go with it. Just doesn't matter in how gen- good it looks. Look, in general, it's a bad idea. I'm going to say in For a world... For a cooking anime, it's no, really good. I'm going to say in a world where one of your students from the age of five has already been relied on by the top chefs around the world, it kind of makes sense. It does make sense um, in that regard. It also fits in an anime world, but it is one of those things that I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, no, it's otherwise a terrible do not idea. Do that. I don't actually mind the idea of a student body council that has actual power to do things for the school. Yes, but not unlimited power. Not unlimited power. Don't give me that. Let's not go that far. But where they can actually do shit good for their school, that Although nice. I do get the sense that this might be partially just a Japanese thing, too. And again, most of my knowledge of Japan comes from an anime, so it's... Yeah, not actual knowledge of Japan, yeah, all but it does seem like the student it. council has more power than any American student council, where it's like, yeah, that's cute, shut up and sit down. I don't know, watching American television, it seems like student council has had more that's very power than fair. student council's ever Student had. council has no power whatsoever. <laughs> Literally, the only thing I remember about it is one of my friends 
dressed as Jesus and threw condoms at people because it was 2003 and we were edgelords uh, to try to get people to vote for him. And instead, he got banned from ever running for student council again. Hmm. That, that tracks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he gets into the dorm. The dorm are all really cool. They get sent to Hell Week, which is like a... Uh, oh, he gets actually introduced into like the concept of food wars before that. Oh, right. Um, meet me, uh, Nakumi. Um, um, uh, yeah, basically he finds out about the various clubs on campus and goes to check out Rice Bowl Club. Um, and Fucking Rice Bowls are great. Aaron Anakri's, uh, uh underling meet, meet Meat at the time um, is basically trying to knock out the bowl club to take over the space. And the bowl club is having problems because the dean is the dean of the bowl, Don of the bowl. Like there's nobody left. He's a dipshit. He, he's, there's, he's, there's one member and everybody else is left. So Soma shows up, talks shit, just like, hey, no, I'll fight you in a food war. And it's, I think, the first time that they really do a like full on challenging of uh, the classism that's so prevalent in this school. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least on the scale that they do. Uh, he beats her. She starts to become she his unwilling to, ally. She, she becomes his unwilling friend and has to now be a member of Bowl, bowl Club. Club. Yeah. And, and, bowl, and bolster a uh, uh, rice bowl culture for the rest of society. <laughs> um, which, yeah, that's great. Uh, she has the really common, like, first... Both her and Asami have kind of that, like, the first rival of a shonen anime that, like, at first is the Vegeta mm-hmm. complex, the... I don't remember either of the names of the characters from Yu Yu Hakusho, but it happens with two of them. Oh, Three um... Of them, all of his buddies. Um, shit, I just watched through this. The guy with the rose... Uh, the guy with the rose, the guy with the Vegeta hair, and the guy with the pompadour. All of them kind oh, of yeah. have that. Uh, but that's Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, that's when they get sent to Hell Week, which is they have to go to a hotel and actually, like, full-on learn. Yeah, it's a training camp from Hell, basically just gonna... It's a... It's mostly to teach them stuff, but it's also like a, uh, used as a way to showcase them as pro- future prospects for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're brought to a resort hotel and just given various, uh, tasks from new judges who are mostly encompassed from former, uh, former graduates. Uh, so you get introduced to Shino and, um, his class year, which I believe is supposed to be a few years below his dad. Yeah, it's somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and which I would love to see their story. <laughs> Megami uh, gets almost uh, um, uh, expelled. Expelled and saves it. I think the important part of this one, if we're going to be real quick with going through these, is this is the first time we start to see Soma like fail and then recover, mm-hmm. because a lot of these uh, Soma has been like oh, I'm going up against, like, really tough odds, like, meet me. But, uh, you know, I'm so fucking good that I'll be fine. This is the first few places where we really see him be like, he's really struggling. not prepped for this. Yeah, he has to, he has to recover and shift. Like, he, in his first challenge with the, like, everybody's failing their addition, they they just, like, go out into the wilderness and find whatever, and he... He pulls something out of his ass out of the last minute to come up with uh, the fried uh, fried fish dish. And then um, his his omelet dish is falling because he's not taking into account the fact that, like, 
a souffle is going to fall. And if you don't have people taking your stuff. The important part is that we meet the Aldini brothers here. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. With the... Isami. Isami. With Isami being the least important one through Takumi. the character, but he is very important. And Takumi being the traditional pretty boy chef. And I get this, and we kind of get the sense that he is much closer to Soma than kind of anyone else we've seen because he's not from a fancy restaurant. He he's from like a, a family restaurant and has been mm-hmm. cooking for his whole life. And it yeah. is fancier than like uh, uh, Yukahira's is, but it's not necessarily like it's not like five star cuisine. Yes, it's fancier, but its owner isn't a graduate. Mm-hmm. Like Joichiro, well, Joichiro didn't graduate, but but uh, not a former student. Not like a Joe former Ichiro student. Was. Yeah, yeah. He comes back. We meet more with Joichiro. We get one of my favorite food battles, which is the one he does against his dad. In oh, the, the breakfast food. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a really well done episode. It's, it's great. I love that uh, uh, Megami's just like completely oblivious that she's going to be a judge. <laughs> um, you get more Ishki, who always wants to be naked. And you um, get to see... I um, love that you started that sentence after what I said with you get to see. You get it sure <laughs> sounds like rock, and then we see Ishki's cock, but uh, <laughs> just his butt. Um, and then you get to see Soma start to develop... like. <laughs> An understanding of a more holistic approach to his. Uh, it's much more con- not just considering the customer's basic needs, but like how can I, not how can I match everything you need, but how can I go a step above what you're expecting, which is like what his dad does, which is why his dad keeps beating him. Which is interesting because compared to a lot of his peers at school, he already was that step above them. Mm-hmm. They were always only considering their particular specialties where he at least was considering what the customer also wanted. Yeah. Let's find the full range of stuff from all of my experiences. While his dad's like, let's take this from, you know, a B to an A. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we find out that they all got most of the cast, everything, but the two himbos, uh, himbo cooking bros got accepted into the fall classic, which is just fall selection. Which is just... You know what? In my head, the himbos are the master of sandos. They're, they're great sando makers. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that. They do fried well. Um, um, I, I want them to be... Uh, damn, this is a reference I only know because you make it. Um, but it's like a fucking... I want to say like a Shakespeare Hamlet reference about like... Uh, roll... Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? Yeah, I want their Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. (laughs) In fairness, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern is dead is one of the best movies of all time in such a fucked up weird way. Mom made me turn it off. (laughs) It was too weird for her. I was in high school. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I want the cooking bros to have that. (laughs) The Rosencrantz. Oh my God, that's a good idea. The fall classic, the fall selection, whatever, is a time-honored Shonen trope of for whatever reason we have to make like now that these tournament people, yes <laughs> battle tournament now that these people have started to like form together as a team we need to have a battle tournament where we can meet the other teams or even I mean the, as far as the trope goes it doesn't even necessarily have to be a to- tournament it's just we have an excuse now for fifteen battles all in a row mm-hmm. and it makes sense because sports day for my hero academia the uh, tune in exams in Naruto and then the 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 other exams they do again 
literally any minion DBC fights like up against you know the the Ginyu force and we'll be like now it's my turn now it's them mm-hmm. uh, or just later on more martial arts tournaments uh, the hunter exam arc in mm-hmm. Hunter Hunter and the first season ends with the preliminaries the dark tournament in Yu Yu Hakusho yeah sorry oh, God, I, 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 my brain just had to keep except Yu Yu Hakusho peaked with the dark tournament I kind of stopped watching after that yeah it's, it gets not interesting um god the dark tournament was good though god forget how into anime i am <laughs> um, <laughs> but also yu yu hakusho stuff oh, gundam uh all of g gundam um yeah false uh false selection, false selection. Um, uh, they're given basically you're given the rest of the other like these are the other first years who are going to be in the rest of the show because they're cooking good they're and it goes from 60 people invited to the fall tournament to the actual at first, it's just you go up against a judge. They judge your scores. The eight highest contestants, yeah, highest scoring contestants, get to go into the next thing. And we end with the blonde Aldini brother, uh, Megami, mm-hmm. uh, uh, obviously Soma, uh, Alice Nakari, Ryo Kurokaiba, Spice Boy, <laughs> Secretary Girl, and... Mimasaka. But I don't even know if they say that in the final one. It's just like, who's the uh, last one makes in? And then it's the fucking Dark Horse entry. That's right. Yeah. So if you saw this character that we talk about, uh, like, it I, is yeah. like four seconds. Right. And then that's with a party! Yeah. It also you, ends in a very frustrating place, which is why I watched the next two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize that it ended there when we first picked this. I thought... We got at least part. I thought it went through the false election. Not gonna lie, I thought it went all the way up to the the uh, the stagiaire um, that they do with uh, Shinobu, which is the season two finale, basically. Um, Cece's gonna kill me when I put it. She's not. She's been tolerantly amused and getting more into it without admitting it. She's like, "You don't have to watch with me." I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm gonna." (laughs) (laughs) I think it only gets better. Um, It definitively does. All of the setup was done this season, so yeah. we're a lot better prepped for it now. Yeah. Now I'm hungry too. Fuck. I got taco salad coming at home. Ooh. I'm gonna put this on. Ooh, fuck yeah. Eat while watching this show. Yeah, or cook while watching or this show. Or cook while watching That's this show. That's also fun. I've done that a couple times. That's um, one place where the anime beats the manga, because I've tried to I read while cooking and it's never a good idea, but I always do it. I was the kid that rode that read while riding my bicycle. Jesus Christ. I should be dead. Yes. That is very dangerous. Jesus. Yep. You know what? Okay, first off, no, that was dangerous. (laughs) Sorry. I was still processing that. When I was a kid, everyone was like, Zach, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like reading a book, both hands off my bike, just fucking barreling down the road. I I tried. I know that I tried. And I realize, I'm like, no, this is just a terrible, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm I not, could even do the turns. I'm, I'm going not to ruin saying I something or another. Look, I was a coward when I was a kid, but for whatever reason, I was like, this is fine. This is okay. <laughs> I got to get there, and I need to keep reading. I was good at the bicycle, and I was good at reading, and that was about it when I was a kid. Um, but no, this has me thinking, before next time, I'm going to try to make the apple risotto. You know what? I've been wanting to do it forever. Uh, one thing the manga does have is it has recipes in them. Yeah. So oh. I will get you a picture of the apple risotto recipe. Okay. 
dumb. I'll try to do it. Let's do... Uh, I want to make it, too. Let's I, make I, the Apple Risotto. Yeah. So, next time... Nope, we need to do recommendations first. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to be real fast, because we're already real far into this episode. Batman, The Adventures Continue, Season 1 and Season 2 just came out. They are a comic book continuation of Batman, the animated series, that includes writing by Paul Dini, the guy who wrote most of Batman, the animated series. Bruce Timm, the artist, is not involved, but uh, the first one was done by a guy named something Templeton, who has been doing comics in that art style. It's just, it's gorgeous. But it does fun things like, let's do the Court of Owls in that world. Let's do the Red Hood in that world. And it's not exactly as everything was, because it's so devoted to, like, fitting in that world. Mm -hmm. Let's do Asriel and the Asbat. But it, it's all of that, like, heavier, darker stuff that they couldn't do in the show. For sure, those ones go pretty dark. It's just really well done all ages Batman comics and, and we don't get enough all ages Batman. Uh, I know you were referencing Asriel cause you said Asriel and then Asbat, but saying Asbat reminded me, I know we don't do news anymore, but fuck yes, we're getting an Aztec Batman movie on HBO I was going to ask if you had seen that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm assuming animated. Yes. But I've seen a picture. It is full on. It looks good. I mean, there's one single still image of Batman's head, but it was enough for me to be like, I need to show this to Tyler and then we need to watch it. I'm so excited. Oh, uh, we'll do an episode when it comes out. My recommendation is the only show, only other non-reality show to make me hungrier than this show. Great British Bake Off. I said non-reality. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so I'm going to recommend uh, NBC's Hannibal. Oh, yeah. That's some real good food porn. That Couldn't is, do it. The food part was really good. The food porn is top-notch. It is the most fucked-up romance you will ever watch. It is, by the way, as that series goes on, it is a romance. It also did not help that the first time we watched it, Yui had me try a dab rig for the first time <laughs> in my life. And as we've discussed, I'm not a big stone. Like, I, I used to smoke a lot of weed, but, like, not... But also, that's, like, a Hardcore, whole... and a dab rig is, like, and here's my blowtorch moment... Mm -hmm. And I can't, that was the time when I went, I can't smoke at the level of professionals. No, no, dude, um, I'm a fucking pothead is all I get out. <laughs> I don't fuck with dab rigs. And they gave me a dab rig and showed me the first two episodes of Hannibal and I was like, I gotta go home now. <laughs> but it's incredible. Like even not being my scene, I could tell that this is like a special show on the scale of stuff. Just beautifully done. Brian Fuller knocks it out of the fucking park as the showrunner on that and is just infused with their style through and through. It's my least favorite Brian Fuller show, but it is still Brian Fuller to the hilt. Also, uh, Fried Scrums does a really good coverage of uh, all three seasons if you're interested uh, after you're done watching Your them. recommendation is our other show on the Earworm Network. <laughs> that um, was a really shitty month, though. I'm not going to lie. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> it was very was funny to hear you all talk about it, though. <laughs> um, my recommendation on the food I'm going to stick with the food porn uh, angle and I have two recommendations I'm going to either recommend uh, Chef uh, John Favreau's movie from a few years back mm -hmm. um, totally masturbatory style of movie filmmaking and that it's a story about like it's an indie filmmaking about a, a chef who breaks out of uh, the being in the, the high end uh, high end culinary world oh, to, to make a food truck or to something make a food like truck that? Um, and this is John Favreau's return to indie filmmaking after making giant blockbuster filmmaking. 
Oh, Jesus Christ, John Favreau. <laughs> yeah. But beyond that, it is really good, uh, fantastic soundtrack, and beautiful cinematography of food being um, made. They had, uh, I forget his name, but um, professional chef uh, come in to like help with mm-hmm. like teaching him to cook and mm-hmm. show how to cook and show it beautifully. And then the other thing I want to recommend is another anime called Restaurant to Another World. And it's kind of like a reverse isekai-style story where basically there's a restaurant that... Tele- the doorway teleports to random other worlds. So each episode is a different world where a customer will come in and this chef just has to prepare a meal for them. Um, okay. It's that been a minute. Great. It's been a minute since I've watched it, so I, I, it may have aged poorly, but um, I do want to rewatch it. I remember it being pretty low key and chill. Sweet. Not not heavy on the fan service. I think there's a a dragon who turns into a woman. That has some brief moments of fan service, but that's the only instance I can remember. That's fair. Next time, oh, also Great British Bake Off, just because I was jealous that you both chose food things and I just chose something I was reading yesterday. Uh, Next time. It's great. We were thinking about staggering stuff, but we all liked this enough that we're just going straight to... I need to keep watching. (laughs) Yeah, we're going going to do this. You already know this. Steven will be back. Hopefully our friend Tiffany, who has been with us several times now and who I just love to bits, will be joining us we have to make sure the Ideally, schedule will work up with that one but i, I would love the to get goal. a non, non-white males uh, uh oh and she's a fan of this show um, so. uh, opinion on this so so yeah come back next time for more food wars uh in the meantime we're your generals of nerdery i'm zach i'm tyler dismissed Hi everybody, General Tyler here. If you like the show, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, or preferably over at Apple Podcasts, we would super appreciate it, as the whole world is around on algorithms, and we want to be all up in them, getting our voice out to more places. Uh, Also, I mean, tell your friends, we always appreciate that. Uh, If you want to get in contact with us, ask us questions, give us comments, Email us, generalnerderypod at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, www.generalnerdcast.com. While you're there, check out all of our back catalog, or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network. Uh, Go check out all of our sister shows. We're involved with most of them, so if you already like listening to us talk, it might be in your best interest. And if you want to check out everything from the network, head over to earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. We'd super appreciate it. Love you all. Have a good one.